What's happening, weirdos? This is Abby Roberge, who I met when I was hosting the Just for Laughs New Faces. He was incredibly interesting. His set was about having been raised in a in a cult, basically. And I knew then and there <laughs> that I couldn't wait to talk to him. And I'm so glad uh, we did. And that is what you are about to hear right now. If you are listening to this the week that it comes out, this weekend I am going to be at the Brea Improv in Brea, California. Uh, for tickets, it's me and Laura Bites, uh, who I love. It is uh, tickets at PeteHolmes.com. Also, September 9th is my Living at Largo show, my monthly stand-up show at Largo. Go to Largo-LA.com for tickets to that. We also have some wonderful Pete's Picks for this episode. If you guys are interested in showing your support of the show, it always means so much if you try a Pete's Pick. And I'm excited to say that we have a new Pete's Pick, which is Talk Space. As you know, we talk a lot about therapy and how talking about our problems especially talking about our problems with a professional, makes such a huge difference in my life personally and in the lives of so many guests. So I'm so excited to be working with Talkspace. I know so many of us like to say no big, something's not a big deal, but the truth is little things can add up and suppressing emotions does not work. It does not work. It's like trying to push a a beach ball underwater. It only pops up and with more vigor. So we need to get these things out and talking to a professional is the best way to do that. But so many of us don't know where to start. For me personally, when I was dating somebody, this was years ago, that's when I uh, finally got motivated to go to therapy consistently. I didn't think it was a big deal. I thought I just had some regular relational stress uh, and what have you. And in the talking process, I realized that something much more serious was going on. So needing help doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It means you are human. And Talkspace makes it easy to match with a licensed therapist excuse me, and schedule live video sessions all from the comfort of your device. You can start messaging your therapist the same day you sign up. So whether you're a parent, student, millennial, or just having a hard day, Talkspace can provide the support to help you feel better with a single message. Talkspace offers individual and couples therapy in addition to medication prescription services. They set goals with your therapist. You can set goals with your therapist and help you make sure that you are really progressing. Talkspace therapists help you develop tools to cope in difficult times. And Talkspace works around the, uh, your schedule, so that's at your convenience. You can send and receive unlimited messages with your dedicated therapist in the app, schedule live video sessions with your licensed therapist from anywhere. So whether you're experiencing depression, anxiety, or other problems, Talkspace is the number one online therapy platform to help you sort through any issue. Thousands of licensed therapists are available for you to match with, and Talkspace therapists are experts in dozens of specialties, including anxiety, depression, relationships, and more, to help you start feeling better. So start start feeling better with a single message. Match with a licensed therapist when you go to Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month with promo code WEIRD. That's $100 off when you use promo code WEIRD at Talkspace.com. I'm so happy that that exists, and I'm so happy to be able to offer that discount because, as you know, I'm a big believer in talk therapy. Speaking of big believer, I am wearing my Apollo Neuro. It's been coming up organically on so many episodes. I've been telling so many people about it in my personal life. Apollo Neuro, I'm wearing it right now on my wrist. 
is a wearable technology that helps your body recover from stress. Apollo can help you relax. It can help you sleep. It can help you focus and be more productive. It's like a wearable hug. It basically sends vibration into your nervous system that your nervous system interprets as touch. So it's touch therapy that you wear to help you feel safe and in control. You can wear it on your wrist. You can wear it on your ankle. Apollo Neuro delivers gentle, soothing vibrations that train your nervous system to recover and rebalance after stress. I can't sing its praises enough. I literally can't stop telling my friends about it. I've bought so many of my friends one. Both Val and I are wearing ours constantly. Uh, I just uh, went on a little hike, and beforehand, I did energy and wake up. It's like a shot of espresso, but nothing into your system. It's just something communicated onto your system, which is awesome. Social and open is a great setting before shows or before parties. Clear and focused is my go-to in the morning. It's when I'm sitting down to write. Uh, anytime I'm using my brain, I put on the clear and focus. It helps me get into that flow state and into the zone, again, just with vibration on my skin. Rebuild and Recover was what I just used because after my exercise, I put it on that and helps your body recover more quickly. The real game changer for me or the one that helped me see how practical and real this is, is meditation and mindfulness. It gave me the deepest, most effortless meditation I've had in years. It's giving you these soothing vibration messages that helped me drop in. I was still using mantra. I was still using a breathing technique. But for some reason, well, basically because of science, it helps you drop in so deep. At night when I'm watching TV, I use Relax and Unwind. And when I'm falling asleep, I wear it when I sleep on Sleep and Renew. Apollo Neuro actually trains the nervous system to cope with stress better over time. The more you use it, the better it works. It was developed by a neuroscientist and a board-certified psychiatrist who've been studying the impacts of chronic stress in humans for nearly 15 years. So this is backed by science. It's I, I, My line is always, it's not a mood ring. It's backed by clinical research. Apollo's effects on stress, sleep, cognitive performance, and recovery have been proven in multiple clinical trials and real-world studies, and you can get 10% off. This is an incredible device. I love it so much. Show your support of the show and get 10% off at apolloneuro.com slash weird. That's A-P-O-L-L-O-N-E-U-R-O dot com slash weird. Can't sing its praises enough. I haven't taken it off since the day it arrived and that except to charge it and that's completely completely true i love it last but not least is one of our longest standing beats picks i'm a little bit low i have nine more bottles in the house it's alpha brain from our friends at on it which helps support memory and focus it is a nootropic it is not a stimulant it's not like coffee it doesn't get you all jacked and caffeinated and, and jumpy it is nutrients earth-grown ingredients that gives your brain the nutrition it needs to function at its peak performance. So it is a supplement for daily cognitive support. And for the last six plus years, anytime I'm writing a script, anytime I'm doing stand-up, anytime I'm recording this podcast or doing anything that involves my brain and wanting to access my vocabulary, access my memories, literally access anything. And what, what isn't kept in your brain? Literally before a date, I will take it with Val. 
sometimes just on a Saturday when I'm sitting in my hammock reading a book and I want to retain what I'm reading or I want to be able to daydream and have creative thoughts and again get into that flow. Alpha Brain has been my secret weapon for many, many years. I wish I knew about it in college. I'm so glad I know about it now. It has literally changed my life and my productivity and my creativity. And the best way to know if it works for you, it works so deeply for me. I have it in my car. I have it in my travel bag. I have it on my desk. I have it in the kitchen. Uh, If you like it one-tenth as much as I do, you are going to flip is try it. The best way to know is to try it. So go to onnit, O-N-N-I-T dot com slash weird. And anything on that landing page there, you will automatically get 10% off, including Alpha Brain, the game changer. That is onnit.com slash weird and show your support of this podcast. All right, gang. I really hope you enjoy the wonderful Abby Roberge. Abby is incredible. It's a great story. I can't wait for you to hear it. Hope to see you this weekend at the Brea Improv, PeteHolmes.com for tickets. And in the meantime, enjoy. Get into it. So nice to see you, man. Nice to see you, too. I don't usually start like that. <laughs> yeah? Usually we get all the, like, walking in and the, like, small chats and the chits and the what's nots. Yeah. What's nots? The what's nots. But uh, today I'm like, hey, how are you, Abby? <laughs> Professional. That's because we're, like, just getting to know each other. You know what's cool, though, is I, uh, I used to listen to this podcast, like, Constantly when, when you stop. Comedy. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sometimes people tell me that, and, and it's so. I think it's so funny to be like, "Why'd you drop off?" <laughs> but I totally get it. I've, podcasts that have been out for a long time, especially, it's like, of course, you dip. Right. You dip. I also like never listen to comedy podcasts. Why would you? Yeah. Why would you? Yeah, I listen to like all these like weirdo. I listen to like nerds and spiritual people. And Do, are you still? I guess we'll get to that. I'm thrilled to talk to you. Oh, dude. I really am. That's awesome. I'm like a little worried that you're like weirdo parents. Uh, from what I understand, you grew up in kind of like a cult commune. Yeah. And your parents are still there. Uh, they don't live there anymore. They live nearby, though. Okay. Yeah. But are they still involved? Yeah. I'm just going to... I don't know why. We'll go. We'll break it into... We'll, we'll, we'll get into it. all of it. Yeah. But yeah, for some really. reason, because I'm spiritual... <laughs> I didn't know you were spiritual. Yeah. Would you say you're spiritual? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm relieved. Not yeah. that I think I'm so persuasive, but I was like, what happens if we talk and you're like, you know, when you put it that way, and then your parents are like, see, <laughs> you should come back. And then you go back. And I'm like, I think it's my fault because I was like <laughs> telling them that I'm spirit. It's so stupid. <laughs> it's very self-important now that I say it. But uh, but you know what I mean? Like, I like talking about spiritual stuff. And I was yeah. like, what if you get back into it and then your parents use it to right. like kind of rope you back? Right. Stupid. Right, exactly. It's a silly thing to worry about. Well, well, there's a twist coming. There is? There's a twist a coming. A hot twist? Yeah, there's a hot twist coming <laughs> up. I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it yeah, for the save right it. moment. <laughs> this keeps happening. This is what I want. It's like at the beginning, something is teased. Yeah. That's what you want. Dude, I know all about clickbait. <laughs> this is it. This is it. I've never done it. I've Stick never done around, it. Everybody, there's a hot twist. There's coming a hot later. twist coming, <laughs> yeah. and we don't tell you when it is. <laughs> Sometimes they'll cut it, like they'll take a part of the podcast and they'll put it at the beginning. They'd be like, yeah. "This is what you'll earn if you stay with it." Yeah, you did it natural, mm-hmm. all natural, exactly. So you used to listen, is what you were saying uh-huh. when you were starting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You found it helpful for like. Yeah, it was really cool because, like, you know, you I didn't mean to put words my... in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> like you found it really helpful and motivational. I just mean like you said when you were starting, and that makes sense to me because yeah, there's like so much I, comedy talk. Yeah, absolutely. When I first like started comedy, my first few years, I'd listen to comedy podcasts all day, and it's just yeah. like 
it's kind of like I'm like downloading the language of the comedian, and it's just course. like it's just cool listening to people further on the path and uh, talk about them the day to day. And I'm just it was I loved it. I'm it so great. with you. I, it's not I sound old, but I'm like I do wish I had that when I was starting out mm-hmm. because we would just go to like the comedy cellar and we weren't performing at the comedy right. cellar and we'd just try and sit at the table at the comedy cellar. And what are you doing? You're trying to listen to a podcast, basically. Yeah. Oh my! <laughs> but they're gonna like lock up because yeah. there's some weird heavy breathing new comic at the table, open yeah. micer. They're not gonna say the real shit. But on podcasts, we open up and stuff. Yeah. It's great. I have a story about that. When I was 20 years old, I was like three months in a comedy. Like I like I immediately just moved to New York. Like no experience, like nothing. Like just from, I just showed up. Where were you? Vancouver, from? Vancouver, okay. Vancouver Island, and uh, and so I just like went to New York. I was like 20 years old. Like just like I'm like all right, I'll just go for it. Just I'll try to do open mics. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Wow. And I'm like three months into comedy, and I just like and Louis season one had just came out, and I'm like oh, I'll just go hang out at the cellar. And then I went and to I, that I went every to that back table. But I think I was like one of the first annoying people. So I just like went to the back <laughs> table. I'm like it was like Louie, all these con- Jim Norton, all these legends hanging out there. I'm just like I can just walk up and just hang out here. And then I just uh, I would just kind of like I lingered. This just I only went one time. I you went to lingered. the actual back I went table to the bar right by that back okay, table. Okay, and I c- tried to kind of work my way towards the back table. I'm like, oh, I'm a comedian. You like probably think up, I'm really cool. out. Yeah, yeah. I was just I don't opening know opening your body language. Like, yeah, trying exactly. to find your way in. Exactly. Yeah, I, I tried to start a conversation with Louie, and I'm like, he'll probably think I'm cool because I'm a comedian. You know, there's not. Right. I didn't realize there was 10 million. Right. Of us and. uh and then I got drunk, and then I was talking to, I think, Keith Robinson, and he just roasted me really badly, and then I was like, okay, I think I know my, my place now, which is good. But that's like an honor. You were roasted by Keith. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? You probably don't remember. I don't even remember. I, got, I think I got drunk, and I think I was like, hey, I think I saw you at like the Hawk. I think I, th- I saw him at another show. I had been watching so many shows, and I got just like every show mixed up. Yeah. I, like, I think I saw you at this place. And he's like, I would never set foot in that place. And he just turned. So he, yeah, okay. <laughs> so he didn't like make it personal about you, like this weird clammy hand motherfucker. No, he, no he was making fun of me. He's like, are you fucking drunk? And I was drunk and yeah. it's pretty good yeah it was just like at the time it was a very cringe worthy memory but yes. now it's like a funny memory just it like is funny how wild i was at that age i've never really considered when you tell people what comedy is and what comedians are doing and all that information is just available this is going to be kind of like a dorky example but when i started submitting cartoons to the new yorker <laughs> i was blown away that anyone could go and that's like sort of like a weird secret. Mm. Like if you know the time of the cartoon meeting, you just go to the desk and say, I'm here for the cartoon meeting. Really? It's like your Scientology story. Wow. It's like you can just walk in and be like, hi, I'm I'm a cartoonist. <laughs> and I sort of, I don't tell when the meeting is and stuff because I don't want them to be inundated. But clearly, yeah. with all the TV shows, what comedians are are vagrants that hang out in the same locations. Yeah. And you figured that out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I'll just do that. I'll just show up. What, did you think you were, like, going to plug... What was the fantasy? That they were going to love you and that you'd just probably probably ask you to go up tonight? Yeah. That sort of yep. stuff. Was it like yep. that? Yeah, it was like... It, it would be like, oh, you're a comedian? Hey, you want to go up? 
Wow. Like that, I didn't wow. realize how impo- like impossible it is to <laughs> get in a cellar. Like, hey, we should give this kid a shot. And then I was like, I was like, I'm, I got an awesome five minutes. I'll probably kill. Yes. Like, Did you yeah. have a pretty good five? Well, three months in, you couldn't have had a good five minutes. No, no, I thought it was good. Though I was like, it's so crazy. The better I get at comedy, like the worse I think I am. <laughs> of course, yeah, that's how it works. I always remember I opened for Jim Gaffigan, and I was three years in. And you think three years is forever. I mean, if you thought three months, you know, and then yeah. three years, you're like, I'm for real, for real. Yeah. Um, and I was still in Chicago, and I emailed him. And I was like, I really want to get on Conan. And he re- wrote back the nicest way to put it. He was like, yeah, I remember when I was three years in, I, I really, really wanted to be on TV, too. Right. Like, he made it about him. He was like, I absolutely was kicking down the door. And he's like, well, you don't realize is you'll get better and better, and, like, it'll happen when it's supposed to happen. But, like, he conceded the point he was like me too also when i was not ready i thought i was ready is what he's saying absolutely but he didn't say it that way he said it nicely i've always wanted things like two months before i deserve it just so i can just like enjoy it a little more (laughs) just two months (laughs) yeah just just like right before i deserve it yeah like a little bit well we met at new faces yeah how was that how many times did you audition for new faces that was my fifth year but fourth time because they didn't do it last year but yeah, so for a year of yeah. four years, mine of was about five years. Yeah, me wow. too. Yeah, okay. That's I, awesome. I think I said this. Um, Robin Tran did it, and I'm trying to think some other new faces have done it. Anyway, uh, why am I forgetting his name? Peter Kim. Peter Kim. Anyway, everybody had similar stories. I was one, two, three. The third year, I didn't get a call back. <laughs> And then you book it the next year? And then I booked it the next year. Wow, that's so... But the third year, like, I tried really hard. Yeah. But I tried in the wrong way. This is real inside baseball, but, like, what you did for your set, which was fantastic, by the way. Thank you. It was so fantastic. (laughs) Just say fantastic again. But it was so great. And I was like, well, that's all... Everybody's set was a real Just for Laughs set. Mm -hmm. And what a Just for Laughs set is, is what a good late night set is, which is, like, get to, like, what's unique about you as quickly as possible. Yep. And the third year when I didn't even get the call back, I was just doing like a joke about Subway. Right. Just trying to kill. Right. Just trying to be like, I'm a killer. Yeah. And I didn't kill. Damn. <laughs> it was it was a 1030 show at the comic strip in New York. And uh, I was just like, it was bad. Yeah. It was bad. Anyway, so you're fantastic. And I immediately, you immediately jumped out because of your youth. You were, you were raised in a thing. And I'm sure you've talked about it a billion. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Not, not so much. Not so much. Not really. Really? No, no, no. Well, I couldn't be more interested. Yeah, I didn't even talk about it on stage until like a couple years ago. Is that right? Yeah, I would just try and be like, I would just, I didn't really, really want people knowing about it. Then I tried talking about it on stage and it would just bomb. And uh, and then I finally, a couple years ago, started talking about it on stage and it's kind of like opened up a lot of stuff for me. Isn't that fantastic? Great. By the way, so how long have you been doing comedy? 10 years now. I was going to say, dude, 10 years. Yeah. Is like when I was like, maybe I will talk about my divorce, right. not on stage, but like, yeah. and my faith, growing yep. up religious, all of this stuff. And Kumail, 10 years, was like, uh, let's talk about the fact that I was sort of like arranged marriage. Like just mm-hmm. just flirting with the stuff that at the beginning you resist for a number of reasons. Yeah. Might be too personal. Yeah. Or you're worried that it's like gimmicky or something. What, what was the hesitancy for you? Uh... It would be like it's too personal. I just am still trying to make sense of it all, and it's just like it's really smart. I, That's I just, wise. Yeah, you don't want to jump in because stand up is like the conclusion. 
Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. I mean, if I came up with a joke that smashed, I would do it <laughs> yeah. for sure. But yeah. it's just like I just couldn't couldn't kill like yeah. with yeah. the jokes. I'm just yeah. like, I can't. And I also just, it wasn't like what I was passionate about. Like, I just wanted to talk about, and that's just, I was more interested in talking about whatever. And it wasn't until I just like grew up and became more mature and kind of... Uh, sort of got rid of like resentments too because i would try it would bomb because i would come at it and sort of such a like resentful angle but now i come at it in a much more fun angle and it's like right. people are more receptive towards it i'm going through the same thing i i had an idea about a, a show about my parents and then i was like and i kept hanging it up mm-hmm. i'd work on it and it would just bum me out and i'd just put it away for months and months and months, maybe a year. Then I'd like come back to it and it only really sort of clicked. I'm still not quite ready <laughs> like to do it. Mm-hmm. But the more I like forgive is a strong word. Cause they didn't do anything like, you know, like horrible. Right. But like forgive meaning love them for who they are. Yeah. Might be a better way to put it. Yeah. The more I was able to love them for who they are, I could write the pi- the pilot like funny. Like it, it would be funnier instead of like, and then this fucking idiot, can you believe it? He looks at me and he says, it's just like a revenge piece. Yeah. It's like a smear campaign. Yeah. Like, look, I, the, if the thesis of the show is I just want to prove that my childhood right. was fucking weirder than yours, yeah. then that's an ugly place. Yeah. And this is why, though, I'm still holding out, though. Like you're, if they made a TV show about your life, mm-hmm. or if they made a TV show about my parents, there's always the risk of TVification of yep. it, which is like, take Frasier for example. I'm almost done blabbing and boring. No, no, no. But whenever there's a complicated dad, yep. like he's from a different generation. Yeah. He says sissies and he drinks beer and all that sort of stuff. At the end of the pilot, he's going to say to Frasier, "I'm so sorry, son." I'm sorry, like, I'm not exactly what you imagined, but I love you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, pull fucking shit, dude. That's just, I, and, and even the, Frazier's a brilliant, perfect pilot, but, like, I sometimes bristle at the, and if they did that with your, like, if they, I don't even know your story yet, there would be a temptation to have your dad cutting celery for a smoothie or whatever right. and be like, you know, Abby, I know this might seem a little bit weird, but we're all just doing our best. <laughs> like, it just feels unearned or, yeah. or canned. And like Seinfeld, the parents are kooky, but there's always something kind of lovable. I'm always like, can't you just make them not lovable at all? Although Seinfeld <laughs> did a better job at that. They, yeah. they weren't very lovable. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Absolutely. The yeah. TVification. Yeah. Like, you have to like tie it up and, and yep. make them redeemable in some way. Absolutely. And if you met my parents, you'd lo- I love them and they're great, but they're not redeemable. There's not going to be a moment <laughs> where they go like, you know, Abby, I'm sorry I said you have a girl's name. He's never going to, he's, right. he's not going to say that. Right. And he is going to say you have a yeah. girl's name. You know what I mean? Yeah. But there's not going to be a learning moment. Anyway, that's the risk. And we'll, we'll keep that in mind as we think of your story. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so where does it start? Um, dude, it's so crazy. Like when I tell people my story, I have to pre- I have to preface it. Uh, it sounds like I'm lying, but I'm not. Because, okay. So I was born on a on a Hare Krishna commune in Pennsylvania, uh, Amish country, 
a whole bunch of Hare Krishnas bought like a big piece of land in the middle of Amish country in rural Pennsylvania. So it would be like Amish people, Hare Krishnas, and insane rednecks, like all kind of cohabitating this like same wow. area. Is wild. You know the CIA has a map. Oh, for where sure. Where they're like, these are the rednecks, <laughs> these are the Hari Haris, <laughs> and these are the and the Amish? Yeah. That's hot. And the Amish. This I was born hot. on an Amish farm. Hot mix. Yeah. It was on cheap. an Amish farm. Yeah, it was like cheaper to be born there than the hospital. They had like the midwives and all that stuff. And were, like, pretty nasty. Match. Pretty yeah, natural. Pretty, pretty natural. That's pretty yeah. cool. If yeah. nothing goes goofy, exactly. Your mom was rolling some wooden dice on that day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, because Val and I, you know, you met our daughter on yeah. the way in. Yeah. We're like, what if we try and go natural and 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 as normal and candle lit and cows yeah. as possible? And uh, then you're like, what if something goes wrong? Which is why you do it in a hospital. But you didn't. You were born. To a man named Seamus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or a woman named Seamus. Could be, <laughs> but that was definitely a fucking Seamus in yeah, the room. Yeah. Incredible. I, yeah. And so I have no memory of it. This is just what I was told because so I was born there and my dad was like, I don't want to raise you in like rural Pennsylvania. It's just like not, it's just not a great place to grow up. And at the time, and it was the first like cruelty free dairy farm in America, like the first like no kill dairy farm. So my dad was just a dairy farmer. Oh, wow. And uh, it's pretty groovy. That I'm like, cool. Right. And um, I mean, they, and then my <laughs> dad and so my mom's story is even crazier. Really? Yeah. I mean, they were like, they joined, you know, my when they were, when they were younger. And they, yeah, I want to know. We have time. Yeah. Let's okay. let's hit pause. Okay. You just did you just teased it. There you are. And the voiceover comes in and it's like, <laughs> That's me. And a woman named Ishmael just <laughs> birthed me. Right. But what's even weirder, whoosh, and right. now it's the seventies and there's your dad and some glasses that only Rory Scovel wears. <laughs> Tell me everything. Uh my dad, you know, he was like he was I mean, it's his story. So this is just my interpretation of his story. It that's, might be different. Loving you know you. what I mean? Yeah, I understand. But like he was, you know, at 19 or whatever, had his own spiritual journey and probably did a bunch of acid and, and was just trying to figure out Because when he was 19, life. it was probably 19... Hippie times, like you know. Like the 74-ish, 5-ish? Yeah, yeah. He was in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. And... uh on his spiritual quest, I let him there. My mom joined in high school. My dad was a monk for about 10 years, Hare Krishna monk, living out of a van, raising money for the temple. I think my parents combined probably made, raised like a million dollars living out of vans, like doing their Hare Krishna hustles and gave like all of it to the temple, which wow. is crazy. Yeah. And uh, that is like something you don't really hear about. Again, I just watched your bit on Scientology, which is great. Oh, thank you. Just going to the to the center and sort of pranking your way into the magazine. <laughs> yeah, people can look it up. It's very funny. <laughs> but like that's that reminds me of not. I'm I'm not trying to disparage anybody, but people give all of their money, everything to yeah. certain faiths. Yeah, and Scientology definitely has. I'm speaking so carefully, but you hear a lot of like devotion in that way. Yeah. Like we make a lot of money and it all goes back into the church. And I guess you could say that that's how hard they believe it. And yep. that's how hard your parents yep. were into the yep. Hare Krishna. Fully into okay. it. And then I think, yeah, and then they got married. Uh, they, My dad eventually stopped becoming a monk. They got married. It was a group wedding, which is interesting. Like three people got married at the same time. I why not? Was, why not? You're saving you know? money on your birth. Exactly. You're saving money on the wedding. Exactly. What was their hustle? Not uh, that not that it was oh, a hustle. Oh, they would like sell like, stuff door to door. They okay. would dress up as non-Hare Krishnas, like sell paintings and all sorts of stuff. There was a lot of, I don't know exactly what they did. There was other Hare Krishna people that would like go to like stadiums, like tailgates and like sell like basically bootleg stickers or memorabilia of the team and they like you know what i mean like they had so, so just many like regular different... jobs i would like 
kind of like just hustles though like. what i mean yes definitely a hustle but like it wasn't like buy the bhagavad gita yeah, yeah. well like, some people did that yeah. but it's a little less pro it's a lot it's harder to sell the bhagavad gita <laughs> to, <laughs> to yes. drunk people can i just interject yeah i think i've told this story on the podcast before in harvard square there would i'm pretty sure they were Hare krishna mm -hmm. but like some white guy in yep. his 30s maybe 20s and I remember he handed me the, it was probably the Bhagavad Gita, but it was, or it might've been another text, but it had a blue God on it. Yeah. And I just like immediately had like a visceral, like, I didn't know anything about those traditions at all. Mm -hmm. All I knew was that God looks weird. Yeah. And I just sort of politely gave the book back and he just went, and I told him I was a Christian. I was like. Understandable. Cause I grew up with it. Yeah. And even like. It's the first thing I knew, and even to me, I'm like, it looks a little goofy. It looks a little goofy. <laughs> well, that's that's Ramdas's. Do you, I don't know if you know who Ramdas yeah, is. Yeah, Ramdas's yeah. whole thing was uh, Hinduism seemed so gaudy. Yep, <laughs> he was like, it's all blue and daggers and elephant people, and it's it just compared to Buddhism and even Christianity. There's it's much more toned down. Yeah, like I was just at a a Hanuman temple, and I was like, Hanuman is like. I don't know if you know who Hanuman is. Oh, yeah, He's yeah. super yep. trippy. Yeah. Like a golden, kind of a Michael Jackson-y looking golden monkey. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is just very Eastern. It mm -hmm. just, it doesn't fit in. Was Buddha, it Buddhism Thai Hanuman can, like, or like, uh, was it the Thai rendition of Hanuman? Was it Thai Hanuman or Hindu That's a Hanuman? good question. I believe it was Hindu Hanuman. It, all I could tell you is it looks like Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> the Michael Jackson Hanuman. That's cool. uh, and Buddhism, I feel like, can sneak, not sneak, but like drop into Western society. Yeah. It's it just looks like a four season. compatible. Yeah. Just clean lines yep. and dark and very serene. And yep. Richard Gere's raking stones in the background. But Hinduism still. So anyway, I gave the book back and I thought I was being very polite. And I go, I'm a, I'm a Christian. And I was 13, so I was barely anything. He yeah. should have known that. Right. And he did. And, he goes, and I walked away and he goes, yeah, walk away. Real Christian of you. And I was like, oh, wow. so traumatized. Wow. All I want to this day is for people to like me. And this guy's yelling at me in Harvard Square. I just wanted to tell you that story. <laughs> that, wasn't, that was not a good hustle. Yeah, he wasn't good at it. He would have done better selling me Patriots decals. Yeah, yeah. Which is what you're saying. Exactly. Okay, keep going. Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah. So then, you know, we ended up in there. And then I was born. My brother was born. And then at the same time, they were starting this new... I say commune because it's just easy. It's just... Collect... It, what, it, what a deliberate community? Yeah, it's just... It's a, uh, they basically, they bought this like big, the most beautiful valley. Like ever. here, I'll show you a photo of it. Love it. Where is it? One second. It's my, it's your background. It's my background. It is? Yeah. It is. Yeah. That was my joke. It is your background. Yeah. Wow. So that they, is beautiful. Yeah, they bought, they bought that. Where is it? Northern British Columbia. Four wow. hours north of Vancouver. Wow. Yeah. Middle and like so uh, middle of nowhere and they bought that and then they just like s settled it you know and like just like there's nothing there this is like, like osho yeah right wait well, osho did you watch oh, yeah, wild yeah, wild yeah, country yeah, yeah kind of like that by osho, the way osho they had like more money they were like a little more right. they're uh, irrigating it yeah, and putting yeah. in piping and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. but whenever just so you know my vibe right now is i'm like cool like it seems really Cool. Yeah. Meaning if they had tapped into a spiritual reality and they had some sort of conversion, meaning they're looking at the world differently mm -hmm. and their value is connection and flow and community, why not buy some land 
for your family outside of British Columbia and just sort of I was just listening to Richard Rohr, which is the book I moved when he sat down. He's a Franciscan, but he was like, the Amish are sort of like, he's not Amish, but he's like, they sort of get it. Yeah. He was like, it's about living another way, like seeing the world completely differently yeah. outside of like our really grotesque, and I'm in it, yeah. consumerist, capitalist, status-based, patriarchal, systemic racist, all this shit yeah. that we're stuck in. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, Jesus and, and Paul and all those guys were like, let, let, let's do another way. Let's have another way of being more than like a, a purity code and like a, mm-hmm. a list of who's going to hell, which is what it became. Yeah. Would you, are you vibing? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like I'm, I, uh, I was so, up until fairly recently, I was just so like, forget all that. I'm not into it. Like whatever. I'm comedian. I don't give a fuck about it anything outside of comedy and that's it now i'm just like i want to move back i want to i want to i want to live there i want to live off the grid i don't want to i don't want to take part i think our society is so fucked up i watched that sea spiracy documentary sea spiracy yeah about the fishing industry and just the way we're destroying the world i'm like i don't want to take part in this anymore i want to well at first i want to make a bunch of money because i don't know how to farm so i gotta like do it and then i'm gonna just want to like ride off into the sunset yeah but still like fly out and do weekends but spend like five days a week off grid (laughs) i I love i love the like it's always one last job and then i'll retire yeah you know what i mean that's why i i was only because i feel like you'll enjoy it i was playing red dead 2 did you play red dead i played red dead 1 i loved it red dead 2 is great but you'll see there's a cliche in it where the gang is like duke who you know from Mm -hmm. the first one he's like we're going to retire. We're going to go to, uh, I think he wants to go to the Bahamas or something. Yep. He's like, just one more job. And I'm like, why is that such a trope? Like the the gang, Ocean's Eleven, one more job and then we're all out. One more job and then we're all out. And I think it's because we all spend our lives. I'm not saying you're doing this, by mm-hmm. the way. I'm not. We, I do. Yeah. I go one more job and then I'm going to go yeah. the fuck out of here yeah. and I'm just going to live off the land and be... I got to get, get my first job first. And That's then. right. That's right. No, no. I believe you yeah. and I believe me, but there's always a temptation to be like, but you know, come back for P. Diddy's white party. You well, know what course. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't fully disattach, right. but like 50, 50%. But, but Abby, for, fuck what I said. That applies to me. I think that's a great plan. Yeah. I love your plan. Yeah. That's the plan. Mm-hmm. It's also what Ramdas said. He was like, make enough money so you can uh, die. He's mm-hmm. like, dying is very expensive. Like, yeah. On the way out, at this point in his life, I keep pointing to his picture. At that point in his life, he was like, I can't do anything. I need care to like go to the bathroom. It's like, and that costs a lot of money. And he gave all his money away. So he, but like, you know, uh, Facebook billionaires would come and see him and he was like, give it all away. Yep. Just save enough to like live and eat and feed your family and then save enough to die because it's yep. very expensive to die or to be cared for in your old age. And that's what you're saying. You're yeah. like, I want to get off. Yeah. I love it. I want to get off like in the, within the next 10 years. This is great. I just want to unplug. This is awesome. Yeah. I love this plan this for fantasy. you. I'm super excited. Yeah. I, I kind of thought, sorry, tell me your fantasy. I, yeah, like I'll like uh, podcast, you know, from the woods, like once <laughs> we a week. Have a similar fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Val and I do this uh, yeah. the Friday, uh, who you met on the way in. I was like, we'll just go out. We'll get out into the country somewhere. Yeah. Podcast from anywhere. Write books from anywhere. Mm-hmm. And do stand up. Yeah. 
uh, I was like, that seems pretty good occasionally. And my stupid thing is I'll, like, I'll occasionally come in and uh, guest in a TV show or, or be in a movie or whatever. But that's like two months yeah. of your year. Exactly. And the rest of the time, my daughter, you saw my daughter. Yeah. I want her, I want for her as much of what your parents were trying to get for you as I can. Uh-huh. Well, my childhood was awesome. Tell me everything. <laughs> Tell me I everything. I noticed your daughter's name. Oh, wait, I don't know if you, Yeah, Le- okay, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's that. That's yeah. That's a very popular Hare Krishna name. Uh, it is. I mean, and we chant Hare Krishna. We're we're those weirdos. Oh, amazing! Yeah. That's awesome. My only fear is that like I just don't want to look like like I saw. I was looking at Adrian Grenier's Instagram, and he moves that again. The guy from Entourage. Oh yeah, the main guy. He started a farm in Texas, and he I did. just look at it, and I'm just like, he looks kind of like a poser. You know what I mean? Like taking a photo on the track. I'm like, that'll be me, but I just got to be okay with it. That's so funny. <laughs> but he sort of, and no disrespect to, he's the main guy. Yeah, Vinny. Vinny. Yeah. No disrespect. That guy, I I can't see him looking like he's not selling whatever he's standing next to. True. True. You true, know what I mean? Yeah. He's just so kind of. Cute as a button and <laughs> beautiful, and but also very Hollywood. That's why he was perfect for that role. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And I, I really feel like he seemed to be like looking for his place, and then it turned out the perfect role for him was to be an actor looking for his place. Yeah, like on exactly. the TV show. Yeah. So I think you'll pull it off. You're already pulling it off better. Awesome. I can see it for you a million percent. Good. I'm stoked. Yeah. I thought you were gonna come on and be like. Here's why it sucks, which I was yeah. ready for. I was going to celebrate it. I can go down yeah. that route yeah. with you and be no, like, I'm what a bunch about of it. No, I'm right. I went back for COVID. I spent six months back there. <laughs> Tell me. Okay. We got to go in order. I think we have to go in order. Yeah. yeah. Or let's, you no, go. No, no, let's it's go your episode. Yeah, yeah. So we end up there settling my, like I have a joke about, but like we lived in a teepee for like six months while my dad was building the house. Um, <laughs> your dad was building a house. Yeah. You were in the movie. Life is a house. Yeah. Have you seen the movie Captain Fantastic? Yes. Yeah, that was my childhood. Get the fuck in my house. (laughs) Get out of the garage. Take the mic with you. Yeah. Yeah. Do it from the house. When I saw that movie. You deserve air conditioning. (laughs) That movie. I watched that movie. Tell me what you thought. Go. It was awesome. Yes. They nailed it. It was it's one of my favorite movies. It's so good. I was kind of pissed cuz I'm like I was I was I wanted to write that movie. That's how Val feels when she sees um Fran- not Francis McDermott, uh, Greta Gerwig. Mm. It's like, fuck, you beat me to it. Like Damn. someone told your story first. Yeah. But I'll tell you what I told her. Tell it again. Yeah, exactly. You think anyone's going to be like, boo. Yeah. As soon as you go, it's Captain Fantastic, but we're Hare Krishna. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. Do it. Exactly. Make it. Yeah. And like, so <laughs> I was uh, there and then um, growing up, things were like, things were dope. I mean, I was a year... Are you really hunting like that? No, no, no. Vegetarian. Everyone's strict vegetarian. Even better. Because the only thing I didn't like about that movie was I was like, wow, nature's brutal. The little girls cutting the throat and everything. wild. And I was like, I can respect it. Yeah. But a vegetarian version seems better to me. Yeah. And those kids were really smart. And I wasn't like... Right. We weren't smarter than everybody. You weren't reading. We had like a couple things book. figured out. I actually did read a lot when I was there because of I mean, what else? What else are you going to do? do? Yeah. Um, but where yeah. did you sleep? In the teepee until our, our we built the house, right? right. And uh, so then, you know, happy family. Uh, my mom started to suffer from mental illness, and there was a big event um, where you know the. Kids were, um, you know, kind of dangerous. She wasn't like, uh, so she had to be institutionalized, mm. which was unfortunate. And so uh, she was in and out of institutions. Um, she was sort of play. a danger to herself and to you guys. 
a, a little bit in, yeah. at, in one instance. Yeah. And what then, was that? She only if you're comfortable. No, no, no. I mean, I don't. I mean, maybe my family might get mad, but it's like, what's the point of having like trauma if you can't make some money off it, right? <laughs> and uh... <laughs> oh my god, hilarious. <laughs> well, the it's not that they behave badly, but the Annie Anne Lamont was always says like, like I wrote a book where I this is different, but I sort of spilled the beans on what it was like growing up in my house and Anne Lamott had this great line that gave me comfort she was like if they wanted us to write about them better they should have behaved better exactly (laughs) if you wanted us to write more nicely you should have behaved better this is different right but it's your story as soon as it happens to you it's your story yeah it's fine exactly sure and so i don't know we were were driving one day it's my first memory ever on earth first memory Mm. and we're driving one day and and uh she i don't know for whatever reason she thought it'd be a good idea to drive into the lake with me and my brother in the car and so she drives yeah yeah yeah. but it it was shallow didn't get that deep Things were good. We got out. But do you but was, think her intention was like, let's no, just end this? I, I don't even know. I mm. literally, I don't even think that's what it was. I think it was just like, it's just, I don't, I don't know. Just an unstable moment. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, you're, and you, it's beautiful that you don't know because yeah. it's dangerous to go. She was going to kill us. You don't know that. Yeah. I don't and know. It, or she was being like, just having a, a strange yeah. relapse yeah. Or, or whatever you go. Lapse yeah. in judgment. Yeah, and this was like the first like big incident, and um, I'm so sorry. No, nah, it's all right. It's it's life, and then and then so you not know, everybody's she life. Was so most people don't have that one. <laughs> yeah, it's like little... it's life, baby. It's the ABCs, right? People but eating frosted flakes. People have other driven stuff, into the lake. You know, yeah, sure, yeah. You know? And uh, there's lots of stuff that you know people have had that I haven't had to experience too, and sure. so yeah. And and looking back, it's like it's like I'm grateful. You know, I had my mom for as long as I did, and that was enough to for me to grow up fine you know what i yeah, mean yeah. and uh so she was uh institutionalized in and out ended up moving back to new jersey with her fa- uh with her with her family and so i just grow you know grew up single father mm. um so we're just like kids out in the woods but like it was like it was cool my dad got remarried so it is captain fantastic <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. And, no it literally is like, like with the mom and everything as i'm remembering more of the movie i'm like wait i've seen this life yeah, yeah, no, literally, yeah yeah, 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 and my, yeah, my mom, and then when I was in high school, she ended up taking her own life, and it was like, <laughs> it was, yeah, and so when I was watching Cam, Kevin Fantastic, I'm like, dude, this is literally my story. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Did you, when, you, okay, we'll get to it, but uh-huh. the, my favorite part of that movie is when the oldest boy meets the first girl and he proposes. Yeah. I was like, that's me. <laughs> that's me too. Like, as soon as I was like, it's okay to, like religiously get married and then you can have sex i was like well let me get married right i got married when i was 22 wow because i was like that's how it goes it was very captain fantastic in that way keep going (laughs) um so yeah i grew up there as a kid it was great you were just living in the woods riding bikes everywhere going swimming what about school hiking so we would go to the neighboring town for the first couple years of school until eventually we ended up getting a school up there in the mountains, like two portables, kindergarten to grade 12, just like a rural school. Because there were enough other families there? Yeah, yeah, and they, they, they convinced the government to fund it, and uh, yeah, we had like an actual school, and it was great. Whoa. So how many families? I think I, I, I missed some basics. I think, I think at the height, there was maybe 100 people living up there. Wow. I think there might be about the same amount now. Okay, and where and you grew your own crops? Uh, there was... So there's everybody has like their own vision for how they want it to be, right? And the cool thing is, is everyone's autonomous, like at the household. So it's not like a full on commune, even though there was a 
actual commune within the commune where people like they wake up they work on the farm they have the cows they make the food together they pool their resources your commune was so big that there was a commune inside of the commune and it was a more traditional commune yeah yeah that's crazy but most of it was an excuse for people who wanted to be off the grid to kind of be in the same area exactly wow and same religion practice their religion be in a place it's hard you know when you live in the city there's so many temptations so many distractions and stuff when you live there you can just focus i love that we're in a cabin we look like we're in a cabin in the woods right now because i'm like (laughs) vibing with you so hard i'm like yeah, there's too many distractions. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, there's too much going on. Yeah. It takes us out of the present. Yep. How can you feel the presence when you're not in the present? So Let's true. get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I'm in it. I love this story. Hell I'm yeah. loving this. Hell you're yeah. killing it. If you ever want to go, I can set you up. Really? Oh, yeah. I Every time... Uh, I, I like Krishna Das. Do you know who Krishna Das is? Mm-hmm. He chants Hare Krishna. So it's not yeah. like I go to Hare Krishna temples. But anytime I've seen Hare Krishnas in like Union Square in New York and stuff, I'm always like, just join. Just join. <laughs> it looks amazing. Yeah. And once someone kind of explained to me what mantra is and and who Krishna is, mm-hmm. that helps a little bit. But you don't really need to know. But just like repeating something and getting in a trance and that you can like lose yourself which is what everyone's trying to do getting drunk yeah everybody's trying to do on drugs everybody's trying to do even watching tv at night we're just trying to have an experience outside of ourselves and our problems and i was like chanting you know that book chant and be happy yep it's like yeah yeah it's it's, a great ancient way to be like this sucks let's get ourselves into like a blissful tizzy it's the whirling dervishes you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Sufis and all, all, everybody has. And if you look at children, they're doing it too. Kids are spinning. Kids are repeating things over and over. Kids love singing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star a thousand times. And I think they're tapping into something that grownups lose, which is like, it's just fun to find a thoughtless meaning, an intentionless way to just drop the needle on the record and be in the moment does that make sense oh absolutely i knew i could yeah. tell you were yeah you need me. to check out for a second because yeah. like I, I feel like i at least one day a week and i don't do it ever but like at least i need like one day a week where i don't hear or listen or talk to anybody and yeah. just figure out like which thoughts are mine and which thoughts are other people's and which thoughts are we're too hard we're too far away to <laughs> high five but psh, don't believe everything you think yeah not only that who like don't be so naive as to think that the thoughts in your head are yours true they're not yours yeah you like your gen even like the way you behave as your gender is just an amalgamation of every tv show you've seen Mm -hmm. oh there's a little don draper there's a little uh dr huxtable like you have all that you're doing an impression culture is shared experience and like you're doing an impression of something and the pure you and we could take spirituality out of it and just say psychologically, yep. the pure you that you inherited from your great grandparents and all that stuff is nowhere to be found. Yep. Because in high school, I was just doing Zach Morris. You know yeah. what I mean? But, and, and, but it goes way deeper than that. That's just what I'm aware of. Brilliant. I yeah. love what you just said. Have you read the book, uh, The Four Agreements? Yes. I just got the audio book and I've been listening to it over and over again, trying to like really grasp it and understand yeah. it. And yeah. that's kind of what it's all about too. It's like, it's like you're born like this, like you're born light, you're born this like happy being, and then society conditions you 
to and there's just a mil so many agreements on a day to day. So that's like if right. someone's like, Oh, you suck at this and then you agree to it, it's like boom, that's locked in now. And that's so right. it's like trying to just deprogram that and figure out who I am and stuff. And it also demystifies reality. Like it it's I was at a party last night, it was a lovely party, but we were having like kind of showbiz discussions. Yeah. It was like a showbiz discussion. Yeah. And when I'm doing that, I like to go, oh my God, this is what the infinite, undulating, savage, insane, gorgeous, fractal of eternal is doing. It's having <laughs> this conversation. You know what I mean? Like, Because yeah. when you get locked into those conversations, and they're good conversations. Yeah. I'm not saying they're bad. Let's yeah. just say we're talking about how Ted Lasso is a good show. Mm -hmm. Even now as we're speaking. Yeah. There are blue Hindu gods infusing and right. weaving and fractal. Like, it's happening. Yeah. And, and this is just what we're seeing. This is the, the channel that our receiver is tuned to. So I'm yeah. just looking at Abby on this couch. Mm -hmm. So we can talk about farts and dicks or whatever the fuck. But, like, there's something... I know you know. I, it really seems like you understand. Just under this, there's, like... <laughs> like, something fucking thinging itself yeah like two ghostbusters guns hitting each other you know yeah. the point where they hit each other and that's reality and if we zoom into that reality there's just us sitting on this couch going like so when did you get into comedy <laughs> but like if you zoom out you're like and i make myself laugh all the time so what i'm saying is those agreements that society makes you make makes you deeper and deeper into into the illusion yes and you forget that you are, I, I like the mantra, I'm a point of sacrificial fire held within the fiery will of God, right? Because that's similar to the, the two blasts of the Ghostbusters gun. You're like a, you're a spark flying from the two Ghostbusters guns flying into each other. You're, you're a spark of that. Your whole world is just a spark of two blasts of infinity rubbing up against right. each other. But in that spark... There's a whole lot of bullshit school yeah. where this boys don't pierce their left ear that or their right ear. That means you're gay. Yeah. There's all this bullshit. The Super Bowl and Pepsi presents Doritos that yeah. taste like your future and like Xbox Live and Twitch and it's and all of that gets you go into a contract with that. And the more you get deeper into it, the more you forget and to demystify it we could just say that you're floating in infinity, that you're floating in outer space, that you're floating in a rock, that no one knows what the fuck is going on here. Is that what we're saying? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's like, it's almost, it's so overwhelming that we have these, like, this, this illusion just so we don't just completely just drift off into... That's right. ...wondering. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So that's, in part, the service of it. It's nice to go for a walk yeah. and get an ice cream. Yeah. It is. And Val and I have days where we go, no deep thoughts today. Because mm -hmm. we do it so much, let's just let's just enjoy the the orchard. Let's not worry who planted it, that sort of thing. Right. But then I think that gets overdone. Would you agree? It gets overdone to the yep. point where you're like, of course, there's nothing going on right. here because you feel like a visitor here, right. right? Yeah. Sometimes you just got to clock in and shut those thoughts off, you know, and just yeah. be like, all right, I gotta just kind of do my thing. And then other times you just want to just think about the world. And Right. It's so crazy because I've I, I've like I completely shut that part of my brain and my life off forever. I was just like it's like I just want to do comedy, work out, be a white American guy, you know? Right. And now I'm just like ah, I wanna 
I'm done with this. I'm, I don't well, how quit. old are you? I'm 30. That's about right. Yeah. <laughs> you I know what I so. mean? Yeah. You did it. Yeah. COVID, the lockdown really helped. Helped perspective? Take, yeah, take the pause pause and, and, and reevaluate. Because who were you? That was a spiritual experience for everybody, whether they use spiritual language or not. Yeah. Because you vanished. Yeah. Abby Robert didn't exist. Yeah. Pete Holmes didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Because Pete Holmes is a relationship. Pete Holmes is an idea that is only affirmed by other people going, you're Pete Holmes. Yeah. And that's and it's the same with you. Yeah. And then when you're just alone and you can't be in relationship with other people, you're just you're just awareness. Uh-huh. And then and then how many of us went like, why am I flying to South Dakota? Yeah. For 4 days and I'm barely and I'm making like this much money after expenses and you're like why am I doing that to myself yeah. all the time? Yeah, absolutely. I'm not saying there isn't a time for that, but I'm 42. So many people were like, when this is over, I think I'm going to make my own bread. Yeah. How many people started making their own bread? Oh, probably so many. Like your dad shit. Yeah. Like, wait a minute. Life oh, is Oh, my dad like, also would make the best homemade bread. Of course he did. Yeah, the best. He has a, ho- he has a starter. He grind the yes. m- wheat and the whole, the whole deal. Get out of here. Yeah. And that's life. What we're realizing is, I don't know why I'm preaching so much, we're having our needs met as if the point of life is what happens after your needs are met. Yep. But there's all of this art of like chop wood and carry water, make bread. You realize, like we realize on a hike, it's not about getting to the destination, it's about the hike. Mm -hmm. And spirituality is so much about being like, Spirituality is doing the dishes, yeah. but now I have a dishwasher. And then you start letting a machine wash your dishes, and then you're like, well, what do I do? And it's like, go on Instagram. And you're yeah. like, and we'll wonder why we're depressed. We've completely lost. So during, so during our the, needs are so mad. They're so mad. a thousand times over and, already. And we're realizing the point of life isn't just meeting your needs. It's yeah. how you meet your needs. And this goes back to the Amish. It's not what you see. It's how you see. Yeah. It's like, what do you see when you see what you see? Not what you're looking at. We think it's what we're looking at. I saw a suicide squad and there was like a slow motion. You're going to forget it, dipshit. It's about converting and changing and plugging into a new way of of seeing. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of that comes from making goddamn bread. Yeah. That's like a Zen master would be like, go make bread for 10 years Mm -hmm. and then I'll teach you. Because they need you to... It's a... It's a Zen tea ceremony. Sometimes when I make my coffee in the morning, I try to feel the weight mm-hmm. of the of the espresso and the, every, and just do it. It's a spiritual experience. Absolutely. Instead of just going and buying a coffee, yeah, is that it can be, but it's yeah. way more easy to just be like, thanks. Yeah, I'm like, do I want to like? Because right now my life is so busy. Like the more I want to unplug, the bet my career and I also own a business and both things. I've, been, they're going really well. The more you unplug, the more my desire to quit everything is. The better my career and all this stuff is happening. I love and, it, and and it's so it's really like temp. It's 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 very interesting. But I'm like I've just been like it's tempting to go like well yeah. okay I'll plug back I've been, in. I've been thinking about the idea. I'm like why don't like why why do I need anything? Like I I can just live like I could just live in the woods. Like I just need one plate. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I don't. My needs are so little. Yeah. And so I'm like, why am I? Why am I doing all this stuff? Yeah. I mean, I'm obviously gonna keep doing it as hard as I can, but like, I don't know. It's it's. I wonder if it's helpful, Ab. I'm gonna call you Ab. <laughs> nice. Like, we're, we've we've leveled up. 
<laughs> You've leveled up. <laughs> Little Xbox thing goes achievement unlocked. Uh, because I deal with this too. At what point is it beautiful to honor? Let's get real spiritual. But your incarnation, your your specific set of gifts, and the path. Mm-hmm. If you are the universe playing the role of Abby, I'm getting a huge kick out of him. That's of service to me. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, is it? I, I don't want either of us to get too caught up in the idea that it's like, well, we have because I think that too. I'm like, well, why don't we just go to the woods? Because you know, I did Largo a couple nights ago, and it <laughs> it felt incredible yeah. for them and for me. Yeah, everybody left feeling so much. I I can't speak for them. I left feeling so much life, yeah. like pulsing with like life force. I yeah. was like, not an ego trip. I know the difference because when I was young, it was like, I knew I could do this shit. Like, suck at. Right. In your face, dad, or whatever. Like, that sort of feeling. This was like, we got a big wheel of water turning together, and we all left feeling a little less alone and afraid. So, what's wrong with that? Yeah, it's such a good feeling. Well, it's a great it's feeling. also, you can go to the woods sometimes. That's it. You don't have to always be there. That's but right. I was, I was in, sitting in a backyard and, uh, they had a fireplace in the backyard and sitting around the fire, fireplace going. And it was like awesome. Just like everyone's laughing, having a great time. And I'm looking in it and I felt like, and there was nothing but just the fire, no phones, like nothing, just people hanging out. And then immediately I was like, okay, I need to get a fireplace and I can do this all the time. And then I'm like longing to like own this fire and have this fireplace. And I'm like, wait, there's a fire right here. I can just enjoy this right now instead of planning how i'm going to do this every night and get right. more of this and more of this it was yeah. like my the attic brain just but you did like, it yeah but that's consciousness yeah also i want to get into addiction too uh because i heard you say you were in the program some people don't want to admit that they're in the program yeah yeah but you're in the program i don't, uh, drink. Pro, I don't one of the 12-step programs one of the 12 step yeah programs. <laughs> <laughs> but there is something enlightening i think about recognizing yourself as an addict yeah because and this is richard Rohr, who i love uh he goes everyone's addicted to their own way of thinking Mm -hmm. so like an addict is it's almost a blessing if you're addicted in my case to alcohol and you go because then you go like well what else am i addicted to meaning i thought the alcohol thing was that was someone else's thoughts be a man drink you're a comedian get drunk be a pirate like I had no say in it. It was like a pro, like the Matrix. It was like a program had been uploaded into me, and I was just playing yeah. it out. But like when you wait, that's a type of awakening. Mm-hmm. Is you go like, wait, I don't want to be doing this. So it's did that feel like to you like a, a practice at like taking yeah. the reins of your life? Yeah, that cracked it open. This, I mean, the second step is this idea that you're not God, like your thinking is, has led you to this point. Like, can you, at the very least, even if you don't believe in God, you don't have to grasp that yet. Just grasp you're not God, and you're maybe there's another way of thinking and approaching life. Mm. Like, that's the second step. That's what starts the process. That's why That's the, right. the steps are so cool because they're so compatible with everything. It really is like the perfect baseline spirituality for everybody. And then once you've done that, you plug in your Christianity or you plug in yes. your Buddhism or yes. whatever on top of that. And then you just guide life that, in that direction. And it's a spirituality of brokenness. I'm talking about the 12 step. Yeah. It's, it's built on brokenness, which yeah. by the way, so is Christianity supposed to be. Yeah. We turned it into like a faith of winning and winners. <laughs> And I say this so many times, but 
Jesus was uh, losing. Do you still identify as Christian? Like, if someone says, are you religious, you say, oh, I'm Christian? Mm, that's a, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. I would just, Let's say that's the tradition I, I go to the most. Yeah. And and it's it's not for lack of trying. Right. <laughs> but again, I'm 42. Right. So you're sort of like already coming back to your original. And there is something really nice about going back to your original. But it, it just... My favorite teacher is just happen to like christ and yeah and they turn me on like to if somebody says oh, are you religious like are they say are you hard christian i would say like i don't say like yes i'm like i haven't even like read all the books yet i don't even I don't yeah even, i don't even get it still, right right right, right. it's like so i can't just be like yeah i'm this and it's like i don't even right fully understand it yet right that's I'm right like i'm just so, trying to figure it out that's right you're in the process yeah that's that's a richard Rohr thing he's like people going around just si- sort of saying they're saved is sort of a cheapening of what conversion really means. And yeah. what we're talking about is conversion. So your sobriety was a, a small conversion. Yep. You changed how you were seeing. Yep. And really what it is, is you saw that there was something seeing, mm-hmm. which was the way that Abby th- sees the world. And then it's like Eckhart Tolle says, going like, the world is mad is, is, is fine, but going, I'm mad is the first step of awakening because now there's a separate thing seeing what is in the world is in you and and that's the small awakening is you go fuck me too instead of scapegoating and go like the way that we murder people in other countries it's like aren't you sort of murdering people with your thoughts and like aren't you building boundaries aren't you protecting your beliefs to the death Mm -hmm. you know aren't you a little country yeah (laughs) aren't you a little trump yeah the way that people hated trump i was like Man, he's a hard mirror, isn't he? Right. The way that he's like, I hate people. And it's like, he's just being honest. You're that yeah. way too. Yeah. You when hate I would, people. When I would see him just straight up like lie and just like, and then just not back down, I was it like, people were grossed out by that. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. I should try that. That's hilarious. <laughs> but you probably were doing that, right? I mean, I lie to myself all the time. Right. I go like, I'm right. I'm right. Even though evidence is saying I'm not right. right. That's Trump. Mm-hmm. Trump was just doing what I swear so many of us are doing, lying to ourselves, lying with no evidence, with, right. for no reason, and not backing down. And it, it's like, that's reminded me of myself and yes. so many people in my family, so many people I know, so many Americans. Yeah. It's like, it was the result of what we were doing yeah. all, every day. Mm-hmm. It's like memento, like the way that he's lying to himself. We're all lying to ourselves. Yeah. And Trump was just doing it out loud it's like again Eckhart Tolle says you see a schizophrenic or, or or some other disturbed person an unhoused person and they're talking to themselves and in your head you're like geez what's wrong with that guy I don't know maybe it's... who are you talking to you know what I mean like you like your thoughts he's doing it out loud but if you were just like that guy's crazy who's he talking to what a fucking weirdo better not stay in my neighborhood I'm gonna call the cops 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 listen to me I'm a good boy you're doing it inside uh-huh. he's doing it outside yeah same thing though that's that's sort of how i felt about a lot of what trump was doing yeah it's wild <laughs> crazy times okay sorry I, I don't know how we got onto that you were saying you were saying a bunch of things you don't fully understand Hare krishna and i'm curious what you liked about the four agreements four agreements the idea of the the idea of pursuing the uh kind of living it you can live in heaven amongst people living in hell mm. you know like you can kind of just drop into your own personal heaven around people suffering like you know if you ever hanging on the back of the comedy club and everyone's like oh this fucking yeah this just doesn't like everyone's talking to just they're 
almost asking you to reaffirm their bad story. Like, I'm sure, like, what was it like when I'm all over the place too? So, what was it like, like, when you were becoming successful and you would talk to comedians that it wasn't popping off and you and was it was it was it ever uncomfortable like when you were talking to them and their life wasn't good so they were trying to get you to like affirm their story or their choices or anything like that what do you mean affirm like they're trying to get you to validate it somehow yeah like that they're doing the right thing or yeah it's interesting i'm trying i maybe i I didn't ask the no i love it and i just gave myself the note i was like i've been really up i'm gonna spend the rest of this episode more on your level. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going on my Trump rants. No, no, no. I love it. I know. And I keep, I keep uh, doing all these spiritual concepts. I really want to get more juice out of you because this is your episode and I'm going to try to be here. No, no, no. Nope, I like it. No, I want to hear it's it. happening. Because I, I, you know, it's great because I used to listen to this podcast and I'm like, damn, yeah. Pete's so deep. That's so great. Like, it's really. You're, you're sweet and I love it. <laughs> I know what you mean that some people are living in hell and a comedy club green room, especially where there's a lot of us, yeah. is a really good example. Mm-hmm. And I think the example that comes to mind is Montreal mm-hmm. because you'll never be more aware of your status than Montreal. Right. I don't know if I said it on your night. I don't think I did. Maybe I did. Were you the were you Thursday? I was the first night. The first night. So I did. I said it to somebody. I don't think you were there. But I was just saying, like, in a way, you guys were lucky that you didn't go to Montreal. Yeah. Because what I remember about New Faces was the New Faces stay in a hotel that's down the street. Oh, so, no, I was there when okay. you said that. Yeah. So this is, I think this is just my experience. and I don't want to assume it was everyone's. But that's just sort of the first thing where you're yeah. like, huh. Yeah. I guess I'm not really a part of the festival. Clearly, they just have too many people. It's yeah. not personal. Like, what if I can just do comedy and not deal with any of the bad, crazy, ego, nonsense? Because that's that's what you're saying. I was putting myself in hell, even though yeah. I, they were inviting me to heaven. Yeah. They're like, you're chosen. And I was like, but I'm at the wrong hotel. Exactly. And then you'd get there and you're like, but this guy, you know, was invited to Best of the Fest. And I wasn't. Yeah. And then I was. And then I was like, oh, I guess I was, but I yeah. wasn't that first one. Like, you'll never stop robbing yourself. Is that sort of what the Four Agreements was saying? Yeah, a little bit. Like, even after JFL, I'm like, I wonder how many meetings the other people got. Yeah. You know, like, of I wonder course. what cool opportunities they're going to get. That's right. You know, and I'm just like, why? I don't want to. Why am I? It's just like. It's heaven all the way to heaven and it's hell all the way to sorry, hell. Someone's blowing my phone up. Okay. Please. We can ignore it. Uh, you can take it too. No, 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 we'll just no, it's, no it's Yeah. That's all right. So it's a meeting. What's it? Yeah, <laughs> it's a big meeting. I I just know what you mean that that it. But then you realize, like, what's wrong right now is mm-hmm. is a good one. Like, you're making yourself miserable. Yeah. By comparing and thinking and all yeah. that stuff, and it, that's what the book is sort of saying to you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still trying to understand the book. I'm like, you know, I'm that guy that just read the self-help book and then gets on the podcast and starts preaching it. <laughs> you mean this podcast? Yeah. You mean, that's the show description of this. Pete read a book and he'll explain it to you even though he hasn't finished it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah, I'll read the first two thirds of a book and then start immediately try to get all my friends to read it. The big joke, Abby, you say you work out. I just got this treadmill. I've been using it every day for three weeks and I'm already telling people like, you don't work out? Yeah. Like I'm immediately a, 
a non-smoker. The first day I don't have a cigarette, I, I, I never smoke, but I, I start telling people they shouldn't smoke. Oh, absolutely. Even though you just stop smoking. Yeah. What, what was your sobriety like? And well, we'll get back to the story. I'll yeah, never, yeah, yeah. I'll never forget the story Perfect. that you're telling. <laughs> but we can, we can divot my, into there. My, my sobriety has been like the the best thing. I mean, I got sober at 23. I got sober while working the door at the comedy store, which is just you know the darkest place. And being sober <laughs> in that environment, like you know, being newly sober at 2 a.m. sitting at the back door while a bunch of cokeheads are talking in your ear, like it was like quite the task. But it's, it was, I mean, it's for sure, the hands down the best decision I ever made. And yeah. it's slowly. Like, I before I got sober, I had this almost, like, vision of myself of, like, what I could be. Like, I just briefly saw it. And I, and I was like, I want to be, like, that person. And so I've just stumbled. Was that, like, an event? That, you had a moment where you... I remember, yeah. I was remember like where I was sitting. Yeah, it was, like, a vision. I know what it happened? crazy. Where? I was no actually in an acting class. Okay, so you're in acting class. You got, like, a little visit from highest self. Abby. Yeah. Yeah, just like tell me everything. It just whispered in my ear, and I just kind of tuned out of the class, and I just started just envisioning it, just this kind of low resolution vision of like what I could be, you know. And I realized I'm like I could do anything, like I could wow. literally anything. And, so you uh, know what triggered it? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> it was just like I was just. It was almost like. I was in this acting class thinking about maybe getting better. It was like, I've only, keep in mind, I'm not an actor. I've done, did a three week acting intensive and that's it. And it's better than a lot of the actors <laughs> crashing, for sure. <laughs> Myself included. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay. Yeah. You can say you're an just actor. can't, like, it's okay. Um, I but, feel like people are TikToking their way through those acting challenges and I'm like, yeah, you're acting. Right. I know it's a disappointment, but th- yeah, that's, you're on the way. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's sort of what it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was in this class and uh, I just, the idea was just like, oh, what if I just got better at this? And then I just started seeing these roadblocks. I'm like, well, I smoke a pack of cigarettes a day. I'm like, I should probably get rid of that. And I'm like, I fucking, I drink like every night. And I'm like, and then I just like, what would that be like? And then like, what if I did this? And then I just, the, like the vision, it just like, it was almost like a manic, like I was just like, oh, I could like, I could do anything in my life. Just like this like crazy idea. And then that was like the first sort of seed. And then I started, um, I don't know. I later, I mean, a, it took me a, from that moment to getting sober. It was like a year of just trying it on my own and just kind of stumbling forward. But I've always like taken a step back, stumbled forward, just gone in that general direction, side to side, moving forward. And then, yeah, so sobriety was like the the best thing ever. So you saw them not just as like good things to do for yourself, which is not a compelling narrative. Right. Like, it would be good if you stopped drinking every night and smoking a pack of cigarettes. You saw them as like impediments to becoming this best version of yourself. Yeah. And that, that's a beautific vision. That's like, I want that. Yeah. And now there's like these roadblocks and that's a better story. Yeah. Let's move these so we can get there mm-hmm. instead of let's move these so we can be a good boy or yeah. tell our doctor that we don't smoke. Yeah. It's not a good story. Yeah. For no, five no, seconds no. out of I your need year, something you need something like better. Big. Yeah. And you had, and you saw it. Yeah. And you were visited by it. Yeah. I love that. I yeah. mean, I've done hypnosis things where they're like, hang out with your best self. You know, they're mm-hmm. always putting you in some garden and it's like, there you are and you're 50. What does your 50 year old best self say to you when you're 20, whatever? Yeah. Or 30. And they tell you this stuff like, don't worry. Everybody kind of has similar things like, don't worry. What are you so worried about? Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to be okay. And self-love. I mean, that was, a, that was a game changer for me. I forget what book it was in. But it was somebody was looking at like a beautiful house and 
they were like, oh, I, I could never live in a beautiful house like that. And the voice in their head said, don't worry, you won't. And it was like, right. the lesson was until you go, I could be in a house like that. And I, I haven't told this for a while on the podcast, but I remember mine was I was backstage. I was doing Best Week Ever Live, which was this college tour. And I realized, I recognized that whenever I thought of having my own show, there was this huge chorus of voices that are like, that's not for you, that's for somebody else. Like oh my I, God. I yes. literally couldn't picture myself on the side of a bus because, like advertising a show. Yeah. That's why we, I don't know if you watch Crashing, but that's why we did that. Like, you have to be able to see yourself on a bus. So right. his girlfriend bought a bus ad. And what, what I was trying to say was like, somebody, in that case, her, needs to believe in you, but it's best if it's you. Mm-hmm. So that's what like visualization is. And that's what sort of like vision boards. I've never done that stuff. But in that moment, it was powerful enough to go like, no, I'm going to start picturing myself on the side of the bus. Because let's be honest, it's sort of embarrassing. It's a little mm-hmm. grotesque. It's a little gauche to be yeah. like, I should be on the side of a bus. But it's like, are you doing it, Abby? Yeah. Or are you doing it? Yeah. And you had that moment. Yeah. You were visited by your future self. And exactly. Said, and so you said you, I love that image that you were going crisscross. You're still moving up. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. like the slowest possible Oh, yeah, way. falling short all the time, yeah. but still just inching, inching forward. You just tried to go on your own, sober? Or, yeah, I tried or it on my drinking? own sober. I tried it for like a year on and off until I eventually started a program and the obsession was removed and I've continued to... The obsession was removed. Yeah, it was gone. I don't know. Like, I, it was like, that was like my first realization of like, I tried my absolute hardest, top of my willpower, fighting tooth and nail to not have that drink on certain nights and... I went to a meeting and uh, for whatever reason, I just I just hit me all of a sudden. I'm like, it's gone. Really? It was just gone. No. I'm like, that couldn't have been me because I tried my best. I'm like, so maybe, maybe who who knows who cares? Like, I also think like doesn't matter what I believe. Like, you mean universe. it was something else? Yeah, it, was, it wasn't it was, you. No, no, it was something else. Something lifted it from you. Yeah, something greater than me removed that obsession. Whoa. It was like a gift that was given From going to, to the me. meeting? Yeah. And what, was it somebody's share that really touched you, or just by virtue of admitting that maybe think, you needed help? Yeah, I think just admitting needed help, walking, showing up, being there, everything, and just hearing people talk and realizing it can be gone. And then, I don't I don't know. Just what What was it about getting, what made you realize, like, I think I'm an alcoholic, not just... I like to have a, a, a whiskey ginger at night. <laughs> uh, oh, I mean, so many times. I mean, just fucking embarrassing myself, doing coke till the next day, uh, getting too drunk, puking, just being a moron. Like, I remember before, early on, my first, like, experience realizing where I'm like, oh, I might not have control over this. Like, I was, at Van- I was living on Vancouver Island. I was at a bar in Vancouver. I had, like, $100 to my name. I drank. I spent all hundred dollars at the bar mm. and i'm like well shit how am i supposed to get home because you need twenty dollars to get on the ferry and you can't like sneak onto the ferry <laughs> and i'm like shit like i for fly- your seventh drink was like you can sneak onto the ferry yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. and then i was like and i'm like why did i do that like i'm such an idiot like i can't i couldn't have just had six instead of seven like why what was i thinking right and my friend was leaving the bar and i'm like dude i'm so embarrassed like can i borrow twenty dollars from you like and he's like, yeah, of course. So he lends me $20. He leaves and I'm at the bar by myself and I have $20. And then 
I spend that twenty. Wow. And I'm like, what the fuck? And, and I'm like, you know, I'm sober enough to realize, like, I'm a fuck. I just fucked myself over twice. And I went outside and I, like smoked a cigarette. And I'm like, what the fuck was that? Like, how? What's? Do I have a problem? Like, why did I? Why do I do this type of shit? And then like, this like voice came to my head that's like, go back to the bar where like people like drink and like and like pull up where they order and makes people some are drunk and they drop money sometimes. And so I go back to the bar and I swear to God, I look down on the ground. There's a twenty dollar bill on the floor. Whoa! And I'm like, fuck yes, I'm saved. And I bend over and I pick up the twenty and I get it. By the time I like straighten up, the bartender was there and he's like, you need anything? I'm like, yeah, I'll get a beer and a shot. And I just spend it three times. Three times in one night. Abby, that's the obsessive thing where it's just like, just get it. You'll figure it out. You'll get another twenty. You'll you'll get another twenty. Like it's all there good. There was a magical twenty on the ground and I spent it. By the time you stood up, yes, as if to say, I had no other intention for this twenty. I never had another thought for yes. this twenty. Yes, give me a shot and a like beer. I need to get home. Forget getting home. Yeah, it's Miller time. Yeah, holy shit. Yeah, I know that. That was a- before I ever did a tried cocaine. That's that's like a heavy. Okay, I want to hear that. That's a heavy story, but like in hindsight, the crisp clarity yeah it's like a great uh recognition of a problem story. exactly and that was early as just like but in hindsight yeah that's a perfect example of that's that what addiction is thinking yes you exactly. can't you can't stop yeah and i know this is going to sound corny but like the way that i relate hardest to that is a box of oreos yeah just one more it, it, it's like yeah Exactly. Want, what, and more? I'm telling you, Abby, I, I just like using food because it's a little less... It's uh, understandable. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. Those booze heads are talking about booze. Yeah. I mean, give me 10 Oreos, mm-hmm. and I could walk you through it. The first one, the first, the first hit of excitement is, ooh, 10 Oreos. Yeah. That's kind of as good as it gets. Yeah. I'm the so f- glad I didn't get that marshmallow test when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I would have just picked little pieces off of it. Of course, it to it make it gone. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And then you don't get that second marshmallow. No. The first Oreo is 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 as close as it gets to being good. By Oreo number three, you're not even enjoying it. Yeah. You're you're starting to feel a little sick. Val just said this to me. She's like, I sometimes think of my own body as a baby that I'm taking care of. And it's like, and you're this weird Kathy Bates type character. Overfeeding the baby, yeah, and like how cruel that is. And I was like, "Oh my god, that's what I do. I'm just stuffing this poor baby, this soft baby body that has no control because the brain is in charge, and it's just like overfeeding it, overfeeding it. And in your case, over drinking it, over drinking it. And you kind of have to. That's like a, a way of uh, splitting it into two. Instead of going, it's me that wants the cookie, it goes like, there's something that wants the cookie, and then there's the body. Yep. Helps me have compassion for the body and go like, maybe take it easy yeah. a little bit. Okay, so when did you do the cocaine? Oh, I mean, that was never like a crazy... I would do it like once a month, but every time I'd do it, it was just, I'd just go hard. <laughs> <laughs> I only did that for a year, and that was good. It, it accelerated my sobriety, I think. Because I think I it just, made shit get crazier. Yeah, yeah. And it, just, just, it just made, it made things a little clearer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, if I just drank, I wouldn't have think I had a problem. But if I drank and did coke, then it's like I couldn't. And then it became they became like those wires crossed where I couldn't drink without doing coke. I'm like, well, I don't want to do coke. But if I drink, I'm going to do coke. So I ha- can't drink anymore. Interesting. And then you wouldn't? And though I'd still drink and then do coke. But it, it just remind- made me. It just it ruined drinking where I was like, well, I can't drink. 
Cause because you'll do coke. Yeah. And that's my whole night. And I have something yeah. in the morning yeah. or I don't want to feel like shit all day tomorrow. Absolutely. I, I remember my mom smoked in the 70s and she was like, I, th- I forget what, why she told me this, but she was like, some people like to, they only smoke when they drink. Yeah, drinking and cigarettes are like so enjoyable together. It, it is really yes. enjoyable together. Yeah. Some of my, I hate to say this because we're talking about sobriety, but I remember the euphoria of nicotine and alcohol and, yeah. and carbon monoxide too. There's the lightheadedness of that yeah. and being like, wow, this is the greatest thing in the world. But then, of course, that's like five seconds. Yeah. And then the rest of the night is just kind of chasing that feeling. Next thing you know, you're coughing in the shower and it smells like a lit cigarette. And you're like, this is insane. But like the brain only really remembers the euphoria and it just chases that over and over and over and over. But my mom was like, but be careful because if you smoke when you drink, then you'll drink just so you can smoke. Right. Which I was like, "That's, that's what addiction is. Right. And for me, back to food... I said this to Emily Gordon, and, and she loved it. For some reason, she quotes it sometimes, uh, so I guess it had an impact on both of us. I would want Chinese food, but I was you know, sober, so I knew Chinese food wasn't like good for me. I'm talking about like garbage Chinese food, like really going yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah. So I would drink to get Chinese food, and there was this weird awakening where it was like, just get the Chinese food. Right. Like you don't have to have nine martinis and then eat. <laughs> if you want to eat like shit, just eat like shit. Like yeah. just go ahead and do it. And at least do it a little more consciously and know what you're doing and experience it and get all bloated and weird and be there for it. Yeah. Instead of in the morning being like, what the fuck was that? Okay, so cocaine helped you realize you were sort of going down the yeah. wrong the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And that crazy, that euphoria feeling is like, you just want to feel normal for a second. You know what I mean? You just want to feel how... a healthy spiritual person feels normally like like uh, people who are addicted to cigarettes the basically all the addiction is it's just a with it's just you're always in a perpetual state of withdrawal from nicotine the second you you put that cigarette out you start withdrawing from nicotine yeah so you smoke it and you think oh the cigarette's good it's like no the cigarette you just get to feel how you felt before you became a smoker for a few minutes wow Karate and now kicks. that it's gone, I'm like, now I get that satisfaction of a cigarette all day because all the cigarette does is just remove the withdrawal symptoms. That is that is incredible. <laughs> I've never heard it put so cleanly. Yeah. Like have a cigarette to feel like you've never had a cigarette. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. That's from the, what's a Alan, Alan Carr. Carr. Yeah. It sounded like the Alan Carr. Yeah. I read an Alan Carr book ish it was uh about drinking mm-hmm. called this naked mind that did a very similar thing yeah that was just like but, you're in withdrawal from right. alcohol so you drink alcohol so you can feel normal exactly but the thing is if you are an alcoholic it's like al- alcohol is only a symptom of alcohol is only a symptom of the of the problem it's mm-hmm. it's what of the of the problem which is a, like a mental physical and spiritual abnormality right mm-hmm. and so people drink so they don't have to feel themselves when you remove the alcohol if you're not working on yourself you just act you'll like a crazy person f- or you'll fill in something else yeah exactly my first six months i would eat a pint of ice cream like five that's nights it. a week you right. know because you that's what um pete rollins who's a philosopher uh wonderful man he's like alcoholism or whatever it might be, is actually the gift because it's telling you something is deeply wrong. Mm-hmm. But it's actually not just the alcoholism. It's like you were masking or medicating some feeling of disease, dis-ease, yeah. 
that you felt wrong in the world. Yeah. And then it really latched onto this one thing, became an addiction, got out of the way, or maybe you had the gene for it or whatever. But if you don't address that, you'll, you'll become a dry drunk, as yeah. they say. You'll, you won't have changed. You'll just be drinking Pepsi, but you'll still be a blowhard. You'll still be yeah. an asshole. Yeah. You'll still be unreliable. Exactly. You'll still be unloving. Right. You won't be connecting or whatever it might be mm-hmm. because you haven't told your child self or your true self, like, you're safe. It's okay because yeah. you don't feel safe. Yeah. Which is why we were getting fucked up in the first place. Mm-hmm. But I'm so grateful for that. Like, looking back, like, I'm so grateful I'm an alcoholic because it's like, I think I'm somebody who can only be a giant piece of shit or I can just be, like, a really good, hardworking, driven kind yeah that's the attic brain it's it's black white but it's also great though because then i get to live on the other side too and some people can just coast coast through life and that's right completely uneventful (laughs) like emo there's no there isn't even like emotional events it's just i mean that sounds kind of good too though (laughs) just normal just neutral yeah just just yeah i don't know just not even questioning i know what you mean as an like a, a person with addict tendencies myself I like my extremes because I'll go like, I'll just lean really hard this way. But when you start leaning hard in ways that are good for you, like you were saying, hard work or, or spiritual practice or exercise in your case, that, that can be beneficial. So you're just like, well, let's use what's wrong with me to do some good. Yeah. And that seems, that's like what comedy is. Mm -hmm. Let's use what's wrong with me to do some good. Exactly. That seems to me like one of the points of life Mm -hmm. is like all the stories of the weird stuff that happened to us become our best stories. But it's that, that resurrection of the story. Absolutely. Transforming it for good seems to be one of the great joys of life. So that brings us back to your story a little bit. I'm going to sneeze. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. You didn't say it. (laughs) Oh, bless you. Hare Krishna. Oh, yeah. Hare Krishna. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, right after I said bless you, I was like, I hope he doesn't beat me to the punch. (laughs) 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 Okay. So, you're born in a barn. Your dad, your mom dro- drove you into a lake. Yeah. Uh, you were at a school with 100 other people. You had two trailers that was the, the school. The, no, 100 other people in the whole community. The school yeah. was like kindergarten through 12, maybe 17 to 20 people. Still there to this day. Whoa. Yeah. Good experience? Awesome. 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 If you asked me a long time ago, I would have said I had mixed feelings. Looking back, awesome. Really? Yeah, it was great. I had a good sense of community good people everyone's cared for each other everyone was spiritually minded i just wanted to live in the city like i wanted to hit a light switch and the light turns on you know what i mean like i wanted to just be like regular normal like i used to love going into where the were city. you getting that sense of normal by going into this like watching yeah or like watching tv and stuff and just being like oh these people like it's just normal like like the suburbs and all that stuff like the stuff that people like now like looking like you hear people talk about like it's like hell you know i would watch that i'm like that looks awesome right because it does look awesome yeah it's like let's take life and give it right angles yeah all these things that don't exist in nature yeah like straight lines clean manicured lawns your area yeah your room air conditioning tv and food and there is an appeal to that Mm -hmm. whenever val and i go on a spiritual retreat we come back and like the day we come back we're on our phones so hard oh and we just and we we don't even beat ourselves up about it that's 
like our old Christian programming would say, and now you should say I'm such a phony piece of shit. Yeah. I'm like, fuck that, man. I, I was know, just dude. like really, really in the moment, and it was great. And for some reason, I just want to eat junk food right now, have you and done, that's okay, have too. Have you done the Vipassana 10 I haven't. Thing? Have you? No, I'm going to do it. You are? Yeah, yeah. Me and this girl. I just started dating this girl. We've gone on like two or three dates, and we've already planned a 10-day silent uh, That's great. Meditation. I'm Why like, yeah, not? that's great. It is great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you're expecting judgment, but you'll find none here. Good, 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 good. No, no, no. I was actually looking for a re- uh, Yeah, re- Val and re- I went from long-distance dating to moving in together, so like, I'm all for like, nutso stuff. Hell yeah. Meaning, you've only been out a few times. Go on a Vipassana. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. And you're going to be silent anyway. Exactly. You're just going to be sharing space together. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of it, I bet the first thing you say to each other is like, it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out. Or you'll be like, let's move in together or right. something. Like something yeah. will happen. Something extreme. I've heard a lot of great things about those retreats, but they're also really difficult. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of going back to the, the thought of just like, what are my thoughts? Like, I think 10 days will be a good, good amount of time to sort that out. I mean, this is what we're avoiding, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is why we're constantly on our phones and on our TV. Like, I, I've said this before, but like my dad wasn't on his phone because we didn't have smartphones, but he was on his phone. Yeah. Meaning like we're all sort of on our phones. I think one of the reasons why people staring at their phones is so offensive to us, again, it's scapegoating. Yep. It's like saying Trump's insane or the homeless person on the street is insane. You're insane. Yep. Even if you're not looking at your phone, if I could see what's in your brain, you're just scrolling through right. past sexual memories or right. like weird movie quotes yeah. or like books you've read this or just... Is, this is so off topic, but like the people... I've noticed a lot of people that are like on Facebook all day, fuck Trump, fuck this, like just like going sure. to war. I'm like, those same people would have been QAnon if they've somebody sent them the link three That's years so ago. Funny. That's so funny. Yeah, the you're same a link person. away. Yeah. That's what I used to say if yeah. if I spent 45 minutes with... Uh, uh, Tom Cruise, I'd be a Scientologist. Like, yeah, there was, exactly. There was, but that's a. Th- yeah. There's something I think liberating about mm-hmm. going. I am Q. I'm seven links away from yep. QAnon. Instead of going, look at these yep. QAnon jackoffs. Yep. Going like, yeah, yep. and I'm I'm painting a stereotype, but maybe if I was in isolation or if I didn't have this community and if I had that community, you would have gone with the community that was sending you links. Yeah, you would have joined the that. Absolutely. Why? Yeah, we're, what, we're what's not so different? That's than, what I mean. Yeah, that's what I mean. I've always thought like if you if you if you're dating someone, you like don't like the way they like lean politically or whatever they're beliefs just go on their youtube click a bunch of links that, that you the like stuff that you like like 50 to 100 links and the algorithm will just shove it out there and slowly and don't say anything and you'll see them change that is <laughs> it's true <laughs> that is daniel son at the end of karate kid doing the crane kick that yeah. is one of the best things i've ever heard in my life <laughs> because it's compassion yeah you're you're acknowledging that what we are to use the word amalgamation again, but yeah. we're an amalgamation of what we've received. And yeah. now we see the, who's controlling the spigots yeah. of a little bit of hot water, a little bit of cold water. And yeah. you're saying, just go in, yeah. click the stuff that you want them to see, and they will change. Yeah. This, by the way, is what Mark Zuckerberg is doing. It's like, exactly. let's change Abby's political views slowly, just yeah. for fun. <laughs> let's just see if we can do it. Let's see if we can get him to be a libertarian. Uh, probably. Y'all, you can convince right? me to do anything. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, man, that's a bit. You have to do that. I gotta. Go break into your girlfriend's YouTube and <laughs> click on a bunch of Democrat stuff. Yeah. And slowly she would, or, or and or you could do it the other way. Whatever, yeah. 
my God. Yeah. And I watched that with my parents. My mom was Republican my whole life. She's becoming more liberal. And my dad was liberal my whole life, and he's becoming more Republican. And I'm like, yeah. It's just because the gang down at Dunkin' Donuts gets more Republican. Yeah. So my dad becomes more Republican. Yeah. How many times do we have to see that not who we are, but our brains are the result of our environments? Totally. You know what I'm yeah. like, I, the one I've always used is like if you and I moved to rural Montana, we'd both have shotguns. Mm-hmm. But we live in LA and we might be like, guns are bad. Right. But as soon as like I see my first bear or I realize the cops are two hours away, you buy a shotgun mm-hmm. just because that's what you do. Okay. So here's the transition. So growing up, you got to have guns, right? Because we're in the woods. And I've seen, I used to come <laughs> you face have to guns face with what bears. What am I saying, Montana? Yeah, you. Right? You. you. Yeah, me. <laughs> I, like when I was a kid, I used to come face to face with bears. On the regular, by myself. What? On a dirt road. What? Yeah, I'd be like riding down the road, and then like a giant bear would jump out in front of me. No. I would hit the brake, and I'd just look at it, and then for whatever reason, I'd be calm. I'm like, I think it'll keep going. And then it would just look at me, and one time one got on its hind legs, and then it just like looked, and then I just slowly started backing up, and then it just kept going. But it was asking, are you going forward or backwards? Exactly. It just looked at me, and I was just like, come on, keep going. But hind just, leg is, you got a problem, bro? Yeah, yeah. That's I'm like, a, don't worry, I'm good, I'm good. You were communicating non-verbally. Were you on a bike? What's that? A bike? I was on a bike, yeah. Like a pedal bike? Yeah, yeah, but you can't out-pedal a, a bear. <laughs> you no, got to pedal up a tree. <laughs> No, no, a bear can run full speed up a tree. <laughs> then forget it. Oh, my God. You're gonna, a bear can, can... You're going to look dumb for two reasons. One, the bear can go faster yeah. up the tree. Two, you can't bike up a tree. No, all I could do is maybe get off the bike and use it and jam it in its mouth. Maybe. Yes, that'll slow it down. Slow it down, yeah. Unless it loves bikes. And yeah. And that was just an apparent. I got a taste. Yeah. Got a taste for the bike. Like this, the bike seat? Yeah. You got a little whiff of you on the seat? And yeah. And it's like, no, I'm really going <laughs> to eat the fuck out of you. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Write down the time, Tony. Uh, we do that for the animation. No, clips. yeah, yeah. So of many course. of those are great little animated clips. Okay, a million things to do for no other reason other than it's what came to mind. Let's stay because we got to your drinking and stuff, but we didn't get from you kind of wanting to rock the suburbs, uh, you know, like yeah. wishing for a normal life. Now that you're a grown man, you go like, that was pretty sweet. But at the time, you were like, what is this? So you're in a small school. Yep. You're. Going to church every day? Uh, we or go to temple? temple on Sundays. Plus, there's like like every other week. There's some sort of Hare Krishna holiday, some some big event. Like there's always there's always something going on. Chanting every day. Chanting. Uh, I went through periods where I would chant every day, but never consistently. But I you, do you now, though. You didn't have to. No, I didn't have to. What are you, no. Harmonium Man? <laughs> No, 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 no. You just chant by yourself? No, I'm a little musically chant. I have my Joppa bag, and I chant the mantra on the beads. Okay. Yeah. Just acapella. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah, just by myself. Just like my meditation. But is it melodic? No. You just do it. You say it as fast as you can. Really? I mean, you know, as fast as you can. You just go through it. Yeah, you say it a lot of times. You say the mantra 108 times per round. I forget why it's 108. It's an auspicious number. Yeah, but there's a reason. I forget. I don't remember either. Neither of us either. Who cares? I just heard one of the gurus say it's suspicious, and everyone just rocked with it. It would have been an ego trip to be like, it's 108. (laughs) You know, it's the number of chromosomes or something. Uh, Okay, well, we'll get to that, what you do now. That's fascinating. So, But you you weren't being forced to chant every day. Um, No, my dad was very, like, my dad wasn't super... 
didn't push it too hard on us, almost like to a fault, where he was just like he he kind of believed that like yeah, like I'll guide you in that direction, but your own you have to have your own. Everybody has to have their own journey. That's so he beautiful. was yeah, he was cool. That's I'm, beautiful. I'm lucky. People always ask me like, how do you escape? I'm like, I don't. I didn't escape. I just left. Yeah, I just did my own thing. Like people think like if you live in a cult that like. I'm trying to make my comedy a little more pro-cult, you know, because I think everyone, it's so easy to say, like, these, like, oh, you know, like, people, like, people think, like, if you're in a cult, like, your brain is completely wiped, and you don't even have, like, autonomy of your mind, and you're just, like, some, like, zombie that, like, lives in the, like, you know, with a bunch of people. Which, not to be too pro-cult myself. But isn't that what we're doing? Yeah. I mean, like, eating a, a Whopper that, like, oh, yeah, untold no. atrocities yeah. went into, and you're oh just my like, God, yeah. USA, drinking a highly addictive sugar carbonated drink yeah. and a highly deadly deep fried synthetic potato. Yeah. And we're just like, freedom! I, I mean, it's very in vogue to, like, especially on the coastal elites, yeah. to make fun of dum-dums in the Midwest, but, like, Coastal elites are also just drinking a different Kool-Aid. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't mean to be too pro-cult, but who isn't just a product of their community? And a cult is going like, let's be a, a different kind no, of absolutely. product. And to, to speak on that, like, it's always, you know how people in LA always kind of poke fun at ourselves for, like, juicing and doing yes. the yoga and doing yes. all that stuff. And people in the Midwest will be like, look at these fucking idiots with their, like, juices and all that shit, you <laughs> yeah, know? But yeah. then I'm like, they're like, it's like, it's weird. It's different. It's like, no, no, no. What? Your Whopper? That's weird. That's <laughs> yes, different. Yes. That's unnatural. Yes. That's weird. <laughs> throughout forever throughout society we've eaten juices your thing is unnatural (laughs) like and if you walked them through it yeah they would see yeah like if you had like a char a a dickens kind of style like ghosts are going to take you on a tour of where everything you got down from the kids who sewed your sneakers to the the ten thousand cows in your burger yeah to the to the um Shit, they add. You know how they don't have to list the ingredients on beer. There's a reason for that. Yeah. There's all this bullshit in beer. So what I'm saying is, like, normal is just the most agreed upon insanity. Yep. And and at least the coastal elites in Los Angeles are going. I know I'm a new age cliche, right? But that's what the whole thing is. It's right. a, it's like a it's a hopefully more consciousness. By the way, you don't have to be a coastal elite to do that. I hope everybody listening knows the value of at least recognizing from a almost like a third person standpoint what it is that's your thing mm-hmm. instead of just inheriting someone else's thing and going yeah. it's the 4th of July so I do this just maybe just go like why right and if you want to keep doing it but do it consciously yeah absolutely okay. yeah all right so yeah so where were we uh you are about to leave I don't know. <laughs> you 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 want you're not oh, being yeah. forced to chant. Yeah. You're liking yeah, you're not really was, liking school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you want to be normal, you want to yep. go in the city. Mm-hmm. You'd go into Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Vancouver's 4 hours away and then for high school we moved to Vancouver. Temple had a big property with apartment buildings, so it's kind of like the halfway house of communes. Like I it was like a slow transition in a regular society. <laughs> like literally halfway. Yeah, I yeah. never realized that's what halfway meant. Yeah. It's like halfway between society and a hospital. Yeah. And I it see. was perfect. It was a great transition. We lived in the apartments. We had a four like a little forest and a couple acres in the middle of the city. Like the Vancouver Temple had like a dope, like wow. cool setup. So I got to live there and then I went to a regular high school and, and transition and then I just kinda stopped caring about it. It was just very like slow, progressive drifting. You had away. your rump springer. 
Rumspringer. Rumspringer is what the Amish do when they're yes. 18 or whatever. They yeah, get to kinda. go away for a year. I think that I had like a 10-year Rumspringer. That's it. Yeah. But like, it's almost, I bet your dad probably even saw it coming. He was like, Abby's probably going to go to school and he's going to get a taste for right. sugar snacks and, yeah. and girls or whatever it was. He'll probably fall away. Yeah. Do you think he was surprised when he did? I think he was more surprised when I was like... I'm coming back? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. You start going to high school, you you don't have a shaved head and a rat tail. No, 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 no. no, no you no. just you just look like. Yeah, regular. most Hare Krishnas kind of blend in, especially yeah. nowadays. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, went to regular schools. Cool. Um, you know, there's other Hare Krishnas that we all went to the same school. And uh, were you a clique? Not really. Everyone kind of did their own thing. Some people were. Some people weren't. Um, and so, yeah, I was just like. It it became very like regular. Norm- My school was also so multicultural, and everyone's from everywhere. So it was very like no one really cared. It was very people were pretty accepting of it. Okay, yeah. Are there any things about being a Hare Krishna that would have made you stand out, like vegetarianism? Yeah, the or- vegetarianism for sure. Did you like not swear or watch movies? No, I don't know. Most Hare they're pretty normal. Yeah, you'd be surprised how how regular it is. Even you if you blend. went to the commune, you could hang out and probably yeah. have normal conversations with people and stuff. But it's just an interesting way of life. But what did what really grabbed you about regular life that you were like, maybe I'm going to get out of here, get out of the Krishna style? Yeah, I don't know. I wanted to like I wrestled in high school. I wanted to like fight in the UFC. I just wanted to like full on go for it. You know, yeah. like I just like I had zero interest in anything. Peaceful, peaceful, nothing like it makes nah. sense. Yeah, yeah. When did your dad get turned on into all of it? He was like nineteen years old. Okay, so yeah. see, he had his adolescence. Yeah, and then he found it, and you were raised in it, and now you you yeah, wanted so to like we had opposite. So he was born like the most regular, like you know probably kind of conservative family, and then was like maybe there's another way, right? And then ended up there, and then I'm born. In like the crazy out there, and like maybe there's another way. You have to have your own odyssey, like wherever. You, That's right. Yeah, I think everybody needs that. Yes. And, but, sorry to make it Christian, but Jesus tells three parables: the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the and the lost son, which is the prodigal son. You have to lose it. Yep. And the value is it coming back. Yeah, absolutely. But we don't have any understanding of that culturally, especially in Christianity. It's like raise the child as they should be, and when they're older, they won't stray from it. We just yeah. want Christians died in the wool that yeah, stay Christians. That's a lack of faith, though. That, of course it is. Yeah, because you're, it's, you're it's like, don't let them see or they'll yeah, go yeah, away. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like you want to have faith. It's like with completely. And the, and the lost sheep is the joy that the shepherd has for the, the returning lost yeah. sheep is tenfold yeah. the sheep that stayed. And the son that doesn't leave, the yeah. prodigal son leaves. And the son that doesn't leave mm-hmm. is kind of like ho-hum. Yeah. Like, eh, boring. Because it, it's about the Odyssey. Mm-hmm. It's about going away and coming back. Yeah, absolutely. The whole That's thing. where you test your faith. That's where you sharpen your tools. That's, That's where, where you, you even learn. figure out what That's it how, is. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I don't even know how like people... It's like, I don't... If you just live this like quaint little life, like how are you even... You get spirituality because that's what you use to cope with craziness. Like you got experience right, right. some some tough feelings and some right. some some real life. Right, absolutely. We call that falling upward. That's what Richard's book is about. Richard Rohr. It's it's the spirituality of God is revealed to you through great loss and yeah. great suffering and great love. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 not just a text or a practice. It's it's available to everybody, but it doesn't come from everything going your way. Yeah. Suffering, his definition of suffering is when, thing, when you're not in control. Yeah. And that's what you had to have. Yeah. Okay. So w- 
w- did you have a moment where you're like, I'm out, I'm, I'm, I'm out of this? Was I there remember, a breakaway? I remember the moment. It was a, it was, it wasn't like a big announcement. It was just like, I'm good. That's it. <laughs> I'm good. And it was late in life too. I was like 19. Yeah. 19, 20. Reverse of your dad. Yeah. And how did they? T- how did your dad take it? Your mom had already uh, passed. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. When did that happen? When I was 17. So did, do you think that had something to do with it? Mm, possibly. Yeah. 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 Um, she wasn't. She wasn't that into it before she died, though. Either she was far from it too. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. People usually go the other way. Or actually, that's not always true. Mm-hmm. Sometimes devout people, the closer they get to death, they realize that it's not going to stop them from dying. Yeah. So they're like, "Fuck this shit," and they just smoke cigarettes and have right? Manhattan's for breakfast. <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> oh yeah. It, religious people can sometimes abandon everything just at the moment when it's like, "But the eternal life thing." Yeah. Don't you want to? That's interesting. So your mom sort of was falling away. Yeah. Um, but she wasn't really in good control of her. No, she, she, mind. yeah, yeah, she suffered. She was, she, you know, she suffers from mental illness, and it just progressively got worse. It didn't get better, and and so. What's the Hare Krishna is. flavor? Is it a reincarnation? People reincarnation or, yeah. karma. Yeah, we're we're bound to this earth by our karma, and uh, and you know the goal is to be. To, to, to be renounced from all that and, yeah. to, and to do that is to be in service of Krishna and live your life in service of Krishna and, right. and be unbound by your karma and live in Godhead with Krishna for eternity in a whole new other way. That's my understanding of it. Right. It's similar to Buddhism yeah. in that way. It's like you do this until you don't have to do it anymore. Yeah. I've heard of Hare Krishnas that wear like hair shirts underneath their shirts so they're uncomfortable all the time. I've never heard of that. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure just like any religion, there's all sorts of different practices. But it, it was like, I've heard about Hare Krishnas that wear uh, collars around their neck because they want to remember that they're Krishna's dogs, which sounds crazy. Duncan Trussell know. told me that. <laughs> I've never heard of that. I know. He told me that, and he was like, I used to think that was so fucked up. It was just one guy. Yeah. It could have just been one guy. Yeah, that thing. could have been his own. And then he was like, but then I, Duncan was like, then I got a dog, and I was like... I love my dog so much. Right. So it was like a devotion sort of thing. Right. But the hair shirt or an uncomfortable shirt underneath your shirt was just to be like, don't even be attached to your yeah. comfort. All that sounds kind of kooky. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to put two kind of crazy examples into your faith. There. No, no, that's all right. That's just, everyone has their own thing. Sure. That's like the four agreements thing. It's like, that's their reality. The guy that yelled at you, like that's his thing, That's right. right? That's right. That's and right. So, it don't take anything personally. Yeah. That dude was yelling at himself basically. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's that goes back to our whole Trump thing and everything is a projection of yourself and until you opt out mm-hmm. and try to have what in the Christian tradition they call contemplative mind or beginner's mind or just like an open spacious mind where you're not just putting everything through the filter of your past experience, your opinions and your preferences and you can actually settle and look at things yeah. where they actually are without opinion. Right. It's kind of scary, but it's it's really fun. Right. Okay, so uh, keep going. Uh, you're 19. Your mom had passed. She sort of lost her faith a little bit, but she takes her own life. Yeah. And we were getting to whether or not you felt that. I don't. Was think there that... a feeling of like, what's the point of all this if it ends in suicide? No, 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 I don't. I was like, oddly, it didn't. I don't think that changed my thinking too much i mean it's just it would are it wasn't even that much of a surprise when it happened unfortunately it was it for some reason that was it was yeah it was i understand just, yeah and um it wasn't completely out of the blue she was struggling yeah for a long time yeah yeah and uh 
yeah, it's just not, I just didn't care. Maybe I just, maybe I just wasn't that deep of a thinker. I don't know. Maybe I just wasn't interested in it. Maybe. And, uh, yeah, so I just come, I don't know, just did my own thing and got into, and then ended up partying, getting into comedy. I was like, comedy works because I can never have to sleep in again. I never want to do that. Or I never have to want to wake up early ever again. Yeah. And, uh, and it worked. And then it was interesting, like, with with comedy too, I'm sure that I'm missing out a million stories for your listeners about growing up there. But you know, it's just off grid, rural living, bunch of crazy hippies, good community, fun. There was other Hare Krishna communes like in American stuff that had the crazy stories of the the guru that you know did horrible things and all that stuff. But like, was where there I lived, a centralized was cool. guru for the group? There was a Prabhupada who who created the whole thing in that in the sixties and I think he died in the seventies. Uh and um so he was a centralized guru and he had like twelve disciples, but he didn't kind of pass it down to anybody, so it was just a big fracture of power splitting and people fighting over and stuff. And so now it's kind of just there is no uniform. There is no one person. There are, uh, other gurus have sprung up where a lot of people follow, and there's different gurus where people kind of follow. But yeah, there is no like one leader. Mm. So you break off. You told me in your stand-up, you told everybody that your brother is sort of like a celebrity. <laughs> no, no, no. He was just like he he was a he he's respected amongst like his peers because he was a Hare Krishna monk in India for all of his twenties. You know. Oh wow. And I, you know, I think we both partied, and then I just went to to a 12-step program and he's like went full monk really yeah wow he looks just like me we're like we're like the same guy and i mean we're di- we're very different but yeah he went off and became a monk is there a part of you that's like thinks that's cool uh it's cool i could i i mean i could see myself doing something dramatic not being a monk but yeah i mean it was cool he definitely got to experience he lived in india did the whole thing and he's not a monk anymore he's transitioning into regular life now and mm-hmm. um <laughs> well, yes crazy did you i i might be getting ahead of myself because you're about to you go into comedy and and we've seen that or i've, I've seen that and, and people are gonna if they haven't they'll check it out so we have that chapter of your life sort of ongoing mm-hmm. has there been like a spiritual experience that made you want to like stay in this for for you like, what is it about it that made you want to come back, I guess is what I'm saying. So when COVID happened, I uh, I went back to visit, and instantly I was just like, whoa, like, this is beautiful being back here, peaceful, clean air. A lot of the same people still live there, still friends with them to this day, reconnected with all of them. There was a sense of community. I had left L.A. where it was shut down. The world was burning. Uh, you know, there was like, this was last summer, it was right after like, you know, all the, all the protests were going on and I was like, it was just chaos in America. Right. And I go back up there and everything, it was like normal. Like the rest of the world just didn't hit it there. I'm like, man, this is nice. Like and it was summertime, summer up there is amazing. And I bought this old trailer and I was living there and I was just, you know, you, you know, when you go on the road, do you ever like every like for me every city i go to like when i'm there i'm like wonder what life would be like if i lived here right and so i just got real deep into that fantasy there and i was like what if i moved back here what if i did this and i was like i really liked it and i i was able and because i'm confident in who i who i am and where i'm at my spiritual journey i can 
I can go anywhere. I can go to a church. I can go and with an open mind. I can learn because, and I can filter it out. Before, if I wasn't so secure in where I'm at spiritually, I'd be so shut off to everything. I'm like, don't do that. Like, I'm afraid you're going to change my mind. You know. Right. Instead, I was just like, I'm cool to whatever. You know, like I'm not going to identify with anything. And I really enjoyed it. And I was like, I'm just going to have an open mind. Just like, just go with the flow. And you mean four year old community? Yeah. So you had a practice before that. Like, or what do you mean when you say where I was spiritually? Like at my twelve step program, I have like I'm not like I'm not like afraid of like oh I'm gonna get like you know you felt secure yeah yeah and then you go back now with new eyes yeah and and no real resentment or anything like that and with new eyes I'm like oh this is kind of better <laughs> like this is actually I was like I used to think these people were idiots for living out here I'm like this is way better right this is right. way better than normal life right and they did have an advantage. Because of COVID. Yeah. Like everything else was falling apart. Yeah. So you're like, this is literally just objectively better. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's better. And then now the world, and then once the world opened up and I started coming back to LA, my business started doing really well. And I'm just like, and uh, you get this again. Yeah. And I like, and I started getting that rush of like, and then, you know, comedy starts happening. I'm like, all right. What's um, your business? I don't have a podcast studio network. Oh, fun. Yeah. Is it and, okay for you to be here? Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so you have a podcast? No. You own a studio? A studio and a network, and I don't have a podcast. But you just take a... Com- you I take, produce other people's You produce other people's podcasts. And I, do the, and I sell all the ads for it. And oh, wow. Studio and we How many podcasts? Um, we sell... We do ads for like 15 different shows. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just you? No, 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 we have like a whole, we have staff and everything. Wow. Yeah, we have a whole team. Good for you. Yeah. What's it called? Melrose Podcast. Edit that out. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah. So what got you back? When did you start chanting again? When did you get the beads and the 108? Um, while and, I was up there, yeah. it was just, a, I had a lot of free time. Sure. I was just chilling and I just started chanting again. And then I was realized, for, forever I've been trying to meditate. I'd like try... TM, I didn't do the class, and I have my own opinions about having to pay for a mantra or whatever. I'm not, I, I mean, I don't know my opinion. All I know is I just don't feel like it right now. And, sure. uh, um, tried different, you know, things and apps and whatever. And I was like, why not just, I'm like, I know how to do this one. Yeah. I'll, I'll try this. And then, it, and it started working and just the idea of having the beats, the little something. And, uh, I liked it. I don't know. It yeah. just, I started doing it and I f- would feel the effects. I would, I would feel anxiety go down. I would feel, I'm like, this is cool. I'm not like, go, I'm not doing it in a, it's not like a results based thing where I'm not, I don't have some spiritual reason behind doing it. I just like doing it. Yeah. And I used to hate doing it when I was a kid. And now you like it. And now I like it. And I just do it. And uh, maybe I'll learn more about, the reasoning behind it later but it just i like it i don't do it every day but i do it most days and you know i just try and do one and then sometimes i do two and three rounds and four and whatever each beat is the whole Hare krishna Hare krishna Hare yeah Rama. krishna krishna Hare yeah. Hare ram Hare ram 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 Hare, Hare, and then you do the next wow. beat, Hare krishna, Hare krishna. A, a and mantra. then at the end of the beads there's another mantra you say once and then you turn them around and then you go backwards okay yeah and you're into what about the theology? Do you ha- are you into the? Yeah, I do. What I real my dad's like really 
into it. And I had a, I never really talked to him that much about this. I went back to visit recently. It's so funny. You know how you're talking about that Seinfeld moment where like the parents like, hey, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, sure. My dad literally did that. Like we had like, I had this oh, moment with him dad, where man. he just like basically made like an amends to me for like just kind of overall just like, hey, let's talk about like, do you have any like hard feelings? I'm like, uh, and it caught me so off guard where it was just like a very open, vulnerable moment. And he just kind of like, you know gave me a real sincere apology for you know anything going it was like it was like a very healing experience and wow cried or whatever and beautiful because see this is what spirituality does at least for me is it helps us extricate ourselves from our roles the role of father and son these are two parts we're playing in a play yeah and sometimes spirituality can help us say let's put down the scripts yeah and just talk to each other as equals and say like how'd i do Mm -hmm. and how do you feel yeah and i was able to to talk about it and say like uh like I, I didn't like this but i was also able to be like but maybe maybe there's another uh reason for it and it was it was awesome yeah i love that yeah good for you so what is your worldview now my worldview now is you're into the karma thing my worldview now is like it doesn't matter what i believe it does, like whatever i believe isn't going to affect the universe like the universe is going to operate how it works but why not just kind of lean into what seems to make sense and what seems to make me feel better and me be of service to more people and me uh, to live the best life. And it's, and uh, so I'm just like, I'm just open to whatever. Like I'll do crystals. I'll do uh, the, some silly hippie thing. I'll read a book. Like I'm just like, I'm just open. That's where I'm at right That's now. That's great. Yeah, just a great place to very be. Very religious food, and it's, and it's fun. And I just like reading books and preaching about them halfway through. And just like <laughs> being an expert. To, yeah, and then just well, if I ever need a guest a host for this podcast, and <laughs> <laughs> but you have the goal. You have your ten-year goal. Oh yeah, I'm trying to get that money, dude. So you can get out. Yeah, at least so you can get out. Yep. A lot of people want to get money so they can like get in more. You can't just quit halfway through. You gotta, you know what I mean? Like, doing it for ten years. Yeah, you it's funny do when time. I was like three. You were talking about the three year thing. When I was like three years in, four years in, people were like, "You gotta wait till ten years before the good stuff happens." I'm like, maybe you do, not me, Hilarious. dude. Hilarious. <laughs> and now yeah. I'm ten years in, and not to say that I'm like not. It's not like a resentful thing, but I'm just like, oh. They I, guess, were right. I, I guess they're right. Yeah, they I were didn't, right. Uh, I didn't think if you told me I'd be where I'm at ten years ago, I'd be like bullshit. I'd be way more successful than that. Right. But I'm like, no, it's, it works out. But also, there was like a delusion. But I never believed any of it either. I never believed I could do anything. Even now that I've done new faces, I'm like, hey, maybe I can do comedy. Even I've done other cool stuff too. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I love that. And they were so right. So. Ha- what have you ever had like a spiritual? What makes you? Uh, this isn't a challenging question. I'm just yeah, excited yeah, yeah. for the answer. What makes you certain of a spiritual dimension to reality, or not certain? What makes you open to it? A lot of people are like, "This is it." What are you talking about? This, this is it. I've just had enough experiences where, like, I don't know. I just feel it. I just feel it like I just I've had interesting experiences. I've like what? 
Mm, good question. <laughs> okay, I did. There was this guy that I, that I grew up. He lived down the street, and when I went back to visit, he did this. He's called EFT tapping. Yeah, I do EFT. Yeah, and I did EFT with him. Yeah, and I had and I had been diagnosed with asthma six months earlier, and I was on all these pills, and it cured it. Really? Oh yeah, maybe. I mean, it could have just been that I was in the woods and living carefree, and it was like an anxiety, psychosomatic thing. But it was just like it cured it, and right. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. For and, people curious, it's emotional freedom technique. Okay. And there's different ways of doing it. I do original recipe. That's what my, the person who taught me how to do it. But it's like acupuncture, but you just yeah. tap yourself. Yeah. And while you say, I don't know what you said, but like, even though I have asthma, yeah. I deeply and completely accept myself. But like every round you get deeper, you're like, yeah. even though. And so I, he does like EFT mixed with Hari Krishna stuff. Mixed. He looks like John Goodman if he was a shaman. And he's got all, and he's like incredible artists with like wood he finds. And he does like he, a whole ritualistic with sage. And like, it's really? Really, yeah, it's like really, really cool the way he does it. Whoa. Yeah. It's so, like, okay. But that could be physical, right? Yeah. Yep. What about a spiritual? Have you ever done hallucinogenics? Have you ever? Had oh a yeah, vision? I've done mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Did it, that and, have an impact? It, on yeah, it? Oh, absolutely. It kind of it breaks deconstructed, you know, all these thoughts and able to see things in a totally different way. And I, I really wish I had a deeper answer to your question. Please I just, don't. It's fine. I just, I just you feel just it. Into it. I'm just going with it. It's an intuitive feeling. Yeah, I feel that way too. Yeah. Because before any of this stuff, when I was a kid. This is what I said in my book. I was just a, what is this kid? Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about. I yeah. was at the party last night and we're talking about Ted Lasso. And yeah. I'm still going like, yeah, but what is this? Right. Uh, to me, it just makes more sense that the world is so crazy and bizarre. And once you hear people talk about like simulation theories and you, you hear about space, like that is, is to me is more plausible that there's some wild shit that the un- the way the universe is than this normal simulation s- idea. But even if it, you mean simulation theory? Yeah, that's just because like, even if it's simulation, if we're the simulation of another society, what made that society sort of thing? It, right. it solves nothing. Right. It solves an issue for us, I suppose, that we're just a simulation. But like the people doing the simulating or the things doing the simulating, where they come from. What we're talking about is is the feeling, the sensation of being itself, life itself. Mm-hmm. What when people say there's no evidence for a spiritual element, I'm like the thing that's looking for the evidence is the evidence. Mm-hmm. Consciousness is the is the evidence. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's a great way to look at it. You know, I, I'm paraphrasing what other people have said, um, but yeah, that okay. So you 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 had some experience with uh, mushrooms and that. But that that for me, I don't want to lead you to be like, and that's what really turned me back yeah. to it. But it was cool when you took psychedelics? Yeah, that was great. How old were you? I was like 19. Okay, right Maybe around the time you're about time. to leave. Yeah, 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 right about it. Totally. <laughs> but you still needed the leaving. Yeah. There's a wisdom to that. Yeah, I needed it. Like, even though I know well, maybe I'll come back to this, I still need to leave. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. Have you ever almost died? Have you ever seen a ghost? Have you ever seen a UFO? I have seen something that looked and felt and sounded like a ghost in when I was a kid. That was like <laughs> I was like looking back when I tell people they're like, "Well, yeah, you saw a ghost." And I'm like, "Could have been." They're like, "No, it is." What was it? I was like a kid. I woke up in the middle of the night, and you know, maybe my eyes were like blurry, but I woke up and I thought my stepsister was standing in my room. Uh-huh. And it was just, I'm like, what are you doing here? 
And she just stand there. I'm like, what? And I sit up, and she starts like coming towards me like this and like reaching a hand. I'm like, what are you doing? And then I just like went to like swipe her hand away, and then the whole thing just kind of like the most classic. I'm like, but I feel so crazy saying that. But I'm like, that was a real like I. It, but it could have just been my eyes trying to adjust, and that was what I was seeing. But I was like, that ha- uh, that that was a very clear memory of mine. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. That's a good one. Yeah. Ever almost die? Uh, have I almost died? No. UFO? No UFO. I wanted to see one so badly. I feel like when you're in British Columbia and your commune, you're oh, gonna, I there's know. a good Every chance. Every time I saw a plane, I'm like, oh, it's a UFO. And then I get so that. excited. And then you see that little red light yep. blink. And you're like, ah, yep. it's so close. We had that. Val and I had that. We were in Ojai. And we were like, for some reason... So a lot of like UFO spotters go to Ojai and they're yeah. like, that day there's going to be a UFO. And for a good five minutes, I won't exaggerate, it was five minutes, we were looking at a plane, but it was so far away that we were like, is this? Yeah. Are we? And then when you can see the little wings, you're like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. But a plane's still pretty cool. What a buzzkill. <laughs> yeah, it's still pretty cool. Uh, when you're there, it's still cool to see a plane. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, what about the hardest time you've laughed in your life? Can you think of it? I was on mushrooms. Of course it was. <laughs> yeah, and and if I explained the thing that made me laugh, you'd be like, "That's literally the least funny." What was thing. it? Try. We, me, and my friends were talking about. We realized all of our names started with the letter A, and then we we're talking about how we get pocket dialed the most out of anybody. Yeah, because and you're then, the A's, and then we're the A's, and I'm like, I get pocket dialed the most because I'm A B, and then we're like, what about Aaron's? Like two A Aaron's. It was like the dumbest thing, and it was like we were crying, like yes, going on this rant about how we hated Aaron's, and it was just like, wait, no, I'm sorry, you took a strange left there. You yeah. hate Aaron's? Yeah, yeah, we're like, we're like, fuck Aaron's. Just like I don't even remember. But the like, only time I call them is when I pocket dial. It was them. it was one of the hardest laughs I've like ever had. We were just like couldn't couldn't breathe. We were just dying laughing. It I think that's like, a fine answer. But it was mushrooms, you know. Yeah, Xavier's never get pocket dialed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what's, what's some other? Oh, I did a. Oh no, the hardest I laugh was this prank I did on Flappers Comedy Club. Actually, what? Yeah, me and my friend Ari, we we just felt like pranking Flappers for some reason. <laughs> why? I don't know. I don't know why. Because we just thought. Do you it work was, there? No, we just thought it was like corny. Like it's just like a bringer. I don't. I don't it's kind of like a bringer club. You know sure. what I mean? And we just thought it was be. We so we posted this. We <laughs> we it was just for our own amusement. The idea of like. We posted this ad that we were like this band and we we're going to be playing some like big music festival in Seattle and our guitar player had to leave because he partied too much and so we're looking for a new guitar player and it has to be acoustic and in order to audition you had to sign up at Flappers for the open mic and as a first timer because if you're a first timer you're guaranteed to get up and you get to go up first and we say prepare your best three minute acoustic piece in all caps like no vocals we made it really realistic like like you know criteria for the band and all that stuff and so 15 different guitar players showed up to the open mic and and one after another they got up and didn't say a word and just started strumming the guitar 15 15, so how long is the set three minutes three minutes so and then they're like they're like 
There's no way there's going to be another acoustic guy. This is unbelievable. <laughs> and we were just in the back it's of the room. a comedy open mic. Yeah. Dude, and there's all these comedians waiting to go up. And the owner of the club is like freaking out. And we see her running around like, what the fuck is going on? She's like yelling at this, like freaking out. And then she gets on stage. She's like, apparently there's an audition for a band or something like that. Uh, uh, no more guitar play. It was just the, it was just, we just created chaos. Oh. And we felt like God. We're like, we just created this moment for our own joy oh it was like so God. long ago and it was like we were in the back and we couldn't laugh because if we laughed they'd know it was us and it was and the more i'd hold it in and i i thought my eyes were gonna like pop out of my head oh my God. and then we just like and, and my friend he had a pen camera like because we were trying to spy cam record the moment hilarious and we didn't even make any content out of it it was just like for our own joy <laughs> We went outside and we just like we just like fell on the ground, just like just crying, like it was just the funniest. I want to see the the guy that was about to go up before they pulled the plug. Yeah, he's got Paul McCartney's Blackbird ready to go. They were so good. (laughs) They were so talented. They were so good. Oh my god! Yeah, and they didn't get the part. Oh, I felt so bad. And you ruined the open mic. Yeah, but then I was like, I did feel bad. The one way I justified it is like. People go to auditions all the time and don't get the part. Sure. It was only one. It was really only one guy we fucked over. The one guy who deserved the part. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) You should have picked the best one. Yeah. And sent him like a edible arrangement or something. Yeah, we should have. Just have been like, hey, sorry, you were part of a prank, but you would have gotten it. Yeah. (laughs) They were so good. Maybe a couple of them started a band together. Like maybe they connected yeah, you don't with know. each other. That's how the world works. Who knows? You don't know. It Hopefully. was a prank. Yeah. There's some band out there yeah. right now. That's I don't know how I'll ass. make amends for that. Yeah. Well, just some. They're like on America's Got Talent. And like, they we came together for a prank. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you did it, and yeah. that literally it would be playing God. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm now banned at Flappers, but it was worth it. <laughs> it was worth telling it on this podcast. Wait, you've never told it before? No, because I didn't want to get banned from flappers. <laughs> I'm like, it's still stage time. Oh, my God. Yeah. You brought up... How many guitars did they get through before they so, pulled the Oh, like plug? 12. Oh, oh, and the best spot is I got on stage. There were only two comedians got up, and because I had the best set, I, I won the pizza spot for next week, and so I won a free pizza because I had the best set. Because only two comedians got You were up. just better than the other person. Yeah. So in hindsight, it's almost like I did this whole thing so I could win the free pizza. That's a very elaborate way to get pizza. <laughs> yeah. How did you do comedy after 12 people just played silent guitar? Oh, they were so ready for it. They wanted comedy so badly. And I'd made fun of all the guitar players. <laughs> I was like, what is this shit? What are all these guitar players? You should not. Have... <laughs> did you eat the pizza when you got it? No, no. You have to come back next week. Did you? Pizza. I didn't go back for oh, my pizza, okay. unfortunately. That but was, was your so guilt. That was your Edgar Allan Poe. And I was like, what kind of, what madness is this? And I made fun of the, You like, were making fun yeah, of yourself. I was making fun what of the guitar What kind of players. rascal yeah. would have put a fake ad? Yeah. <laughs> like, just saying it, it to was you. like a Tim Robinson sketch or something. Wow, it is. Yeah. That's hilarious. I'm touched to get the exclusive. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Thank oh, you. I'm so proud of that. <laughs> My top comedy achievements. (laughs) You know this next comic from the Flappers acoustic debacle. (laughs) Give it up for Abby Roberge. Fantastic. I didn't even start with what's your name mean? 
What's it? Oh, Abiram. Abiram. Yeah. What's that mean? There's a lot of different tra- translations in, in like some Hindu p- people in India. Uh, they say um, it means like pleasure or like connection to God. But Abiram was a disciple of Lord Chaitanya, who's kind of like their original Hare Krishna. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. So it doesn't translate he's, to anything. Although it, yeah, Ram is God. I hope he's not like the who's the guy who started Mormonism. Joseph Smith. Yeah, I hope he's not like the Joseph Smith of India because this story is kind of, is like he just showed up as a reincarnation of Krishna and, and you know told the story and was he blue? Nope. Mm. Sometimes they're blue. No. Nope. In those stories, like somebody shows up and it's like I yep. swear to God he was blue. Yeah. <laughs> India's fascinating. They got cool. Uh, no, I know. Yeah. I think it would be challenging for me because growing up, I believed everything. Mm. And then I had to like get a little bit more discerning. Right. Like I'd read any book by anybody and as long as they were said they were a Christian, I would believe anything they said. Oh, I'm still that way. I, I I feel like I've been burned enough. Yeah. I mean like really out there. I'm telling you the story it was in Africa, I read this book and it was this guy and he was like, And I went into the ocean and that's where the devil is and that's where they make ladies lingerie and I was like, Wait a minute, this isn't true. <laughs> and that's and it ruined me. Damn. I was like, well, how could you be lying in the name of God? You know what yeah. I mean? And then you realize people are lying in the name of a lot of different things yeah. all the time. And then I feel like India, if I was more pure or maybe just more childlike, I could go and really enjoy it. But I'd be like, you know, they, they're like, go here and your name is written on a piece yeah. of parchment from 500 years ago with the date you're going to be in India. And I, I'd, now I'd be like, is this fake? Right. Is this baloney? Did you watch the movie Life of Pi? I did. That made me understand it a little bit more, appreciate it a little bit more. Which part? The ending. Like, because it's you like true and it's not true? Is it's that true what you mean? and it's not true. They're like, because it's like, a lot. I mean, for most of society, most people did not read, right? So to pass things down, it has to be through stories. So you have to make the story interesting enough to be passed down, and then right. you, it's like you sit. It's like a a story that you pass down, then you unpack it, right? Which also leaves room for people to unpack it and reorganize it however they like, right? That's right. So that's how you see a lot of like kind of sensational stories. They might be not literally true, yeah. Or there's just another way of understanding them where it's not even you look past it or yeah. false no, it transcends like, true and false yeah it's just so, some other thing yeah and that's what i'm just starting to even consider or think about yeah like, maybe there is an another dimension or in the same space or so, i don't know yeah it's interesting no i know what you mean i found life of pi when i saw it i wasn't really ready for it i should watch it again it's I'm going to watch it again because he said that. Because I watched it and I was like, so it was true? Right. There was a tiger on the boat? Like, no, there I just wasn't got... a tiger. But the it's... tiger represented the evil, like the guy on the boat that killed the people. But on then the at boat. the end, the twist is, but also escaped was a tiger and a thing. Like, No, there was no tiger. It was all people. I thought at the and end, the though, they go, but there was a tiger. People. I got that. But uh, then at the end, isn't there, oh, there like was a newspaper a story that said like, Amongst oh, the escaped maybe was that's a tiger. The extra twist they added on top of the final. That's what twist. I mean. Is I yeah. the first twist where I was like, "Oh, I get it. It's a metaphor. The, yeah. the man was like a tiger. The man was a tiger." Okay, yeah. but then at the end they go like, "But there really was a tiger," and it, it gives you one of those like oh, Donnie that, Darko feelings. Maybe that was feelings. some Hollywood stuff they added. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I can't wait for the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Death of Pi. Uh, 
I, yes, some truths are so big they can only be told with lies. That's that's one I like, and and myth doesn't mean not true. It means always true. It mm. doesn't mean literally true. It means the essence of it is always true, mm-hmm. whether or not the facts of the story are true. Yeah, man, you're so well read. Like I feel like sometimes I talk to people that are like spiritual and like have like and they like to talk to me about this stuff, and I'm like, dude, I'm like. I'm like just starting and like, and sometimes I'll like meet people who aren't even Hare Krishna's and they'll like break down the books like better than me That's to hilarious. me. Like if I had a conversation with Duncan Trussell, yes. he would probably be breaking it down to me yes. better than I know it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> no, you're, st- you're, you're still a young man. For me, all of, all of the real hardcore, like I'm going to read this and memorize it sort of stuff started when I was like, I don't know, way older than you. That's cool. So, so I'm on the I, my yeah. timelines on point. You're yeah, totally on point. My comedic and spiritual timelines yeah. similar to yours. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and the more you even out in your career, the more time you have to spend on. You know, I don't want to say better stuff, but yeah, better stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's nice. It's like once you reach a, reach a cruising altitude in your career, not that you can ever like fully relax, but like you're kind of like established and you're okay mm-hmm. and you're totally there. And the more you stabilize, the more you stabilize, then you can go like, okay, let's let's think about something else. How did you get rid of your like self? Just de- not the. How did you get rid of the ideas of that voice that was like, I can't see myself on a bus, or like, what did you do to change that? I started picturing myself on a bus, like literally just imagining it and 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 saying like, yeah, yeah, and even in my Why language, it's like the Four Agreements. Like, yeah. be careful with your language. Yeah, and I'd be like. Yeah, I'm an actor. I'm a comedian. Yeah. I'm my favorite comedian. Yeah. Like, I'm one of the best comedians alive. Like, just saying things like that. Yeah, you Not got to it. other people, but, like, yeah. to myself. So so that's kind of like what I was talking about earlier, like, when I'm talking to people and they're, like, talking about their sad story. I'm like, I can't be around that because I'll... I'll no, it's I, contagious. I'm too af- yeah, exactly. I call it comedy cancer. It's, it's like, if you're not where you want to be, no matter what you're trying to do... Yeah. I would look at your group. And if you're at that weird table in the back that's mm-hmm. just mad because Tim Robinson has a sketch show and you don't, right? get the fuck away from that group Yeah, <laughs> yeah. real fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's nothing mean about it. It's just like, what echo chamber do you want to be in? Yeah. And I literally, just because you asked, I was like, okay, there's there's Nick Kroll and, and John Mulaney and all the people that like they weren't, nasty negative people they were just funny and yeah. talented and didn't hate on other people when i was starting aziz was shooting up really mm-hmm. fast he probably everybody probably hated on them like but that's my point peers, is right? finding the people care. that weren't hating on him yeah. was key oh because there was a time when i was in the group of the people that were like fucking yeah. aziz is in rolling stone again yeah and i was like wait a minute he was just the touchstone like the yeah. people that weren't worried about disease that were that had a more of an abundance model, yeah, not like oh they were he's taking inspiration mine. from it. They were like, look, you can do it. Yeah, he, he stuck to it and he's doing his thing, and that's good for all of us. And and going a little further back, it was it was Dane Cook too. It was like when Dane did my podcast the first time, I was like, more people came to, to my college shows because you made college shows cool. Yeah. So instead of going like fuck that guy, he's just moving around, being all silly. That's good. He made yeah. comedy cool for you. Like yeah. more people come to your show because of him. But the haters are are like it's really dangerous. I don't mm-hmm. know anybody that's like a I really don't know anybody 
that was like a big hater and also made it. Yeah. Because what are you doing? Absolutely. You're having absolutely no... I, one of my favorite things is hate is a lack of imagination. Mm. But you can put a lot of words in there. Hell is a lack of imagination yeah. uh, is another one. But like, if you're just hating on Aziz or hating on Dane or whatever it might be, try a little bit harder to imagine what it might be like to be them. Mm-hmm. And, and look at yourself a little more critically. Yeah. All right. You've got 3,000 phone calls to return. I know. It's what happened? That's crazy. It's Saturday. That's crazy. Well, that was a big know. day for you and Melrose podcast. Oh, I know. Edit that out. <laughs> um, all right, man. This was awesome. I was Dude. so happy to meet you, and Thank I'm so happy you. to know I'm you. So, I was so stoked when you DM me. I was so surprised. Oh, I'm, no. I'm, I'm I so As excited. soon as I watched your set, I was like, well. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> I was like, that? We have to talk. That's awesome. It's great. Yeah. And just, not that you need advice. It's not advice. It's encouragement. Just keep doing what you're doing, leaning into your story and your uniqueness. And in the weirdest way, I can echo what you're saying, is the more centered and almost the more like retreating I do from all of the worldly stuff, it's almost like the worldly stuff does better. It keeps coming because you're ready for it. There's like a, not to anthropomorphize the universe too much, but it's like, okay, he can handle what we've given him so far. Well, let's give him more and see yeah, what he does. Exactly. God's not going to, if God's, God's not going to give you more stuff if you're not grateful for it. He's not going to give it to people who don't appreciate the stuff they already it's got. It's funner to watch the thing that's, if you're looking like you're a cell under a microscope, yeah. it's more fun to keep feeding the cell that every time you give it something, it starts spazzing exactly. and sharing and creating yeah. and mutating and creating new things and splitting. It, yeah. it's, it's more fun. So and I'm also out of the results now. I'm like, if it doesn't work out, sweet. I I get to go be a farmer. So why not just take crazy risks and just really go for it? That's right. Absolutely. Because you're seeing the, the, the Lila. Yeah. Because it doesn't like, it's not my higher power. It's like the thing I love doing and I can only just give love. And it's like, it's like whatever. Yeah. That's beautiful. Hell yeah. Good for you. Thank you for doing it. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Would you say keep it crispy? It's how we end. Keep it crispy. Wow. Dream come true. Comedy milestone. Keep it Krishna. Keep it Krishna. Keep it crispy Krishna. (laughs) I love it. Okay, let's walk out. So crispy. My ice